you take that opportunity to punish her for her beauty. You do that a hundred times. You watch what happens. You think, God, you've let yourself go. It's like, no, I pretty much shaped myself into what you allowed. Many people will say, doesn't it take a long time for a fossil to form? Well, actually, it doesn't take a long time. And when you think about it, when an animal dies, it rots away. And uh, within a short time, like a kangaroo on the side of the road, within a short time, it's all gone. And so it has to be buried quickly so that it doesn't get scavenged. And the fact that you're burying it quickly means that it's quick and it doesn't take a long time to form. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Business as usual at the United Nations on Tuesday as the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres proved once again that the institution is a one-sided joke when it comes to Israel. After quote-unquote condemning the Hamas attacks of October 7th, which killed over 1,400 Israelis in the most brutal of ways, he was quick to add this disclaimer. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled, their people displaced, and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. Almost immediately, the Israeli ambassador to the UN tweeted, the UN Secretary General, who shows understanding for the campaign of mass murder of children, women, and the elderly, is not fit to lead the UN. I call on him to resign immediately. Fat chance. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Be sure to listen to my show Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio. This is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Hey, good morning. It is Grant Edwards here, and we've got some news coming up for you from TNT right now. We'll just cross over. Play of this hour. Go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a stringent immigration law on December 18th, granting state law enforcement extensive powers to detain migrants who enter Texas illegally. This legislation, considered one of the strictest in the United States, could lead to a conflict with the federal government, which traditionally holds jurisdiction over immigration matters. Under the new law, all law enforcement officers in Texas, even those located far from the border, are empowered to apprehend migrants suspected of illegal entry into the country. As the offense is classified as a misdemeanor, local judges have the authority to mandate that the apprehended individuals leave the United States. During Chinese leader Xi Jinping's two-day trip to Vietnam starting on December 12th, efforts were made to strengthen relations between the two communist nations. Despite this, Vietnam state media exhibited a lukewarm response, suggesting Vietnam's hesitancy to fully align with China. Amid escalating tensions in the South China Sea, particularly with the Philippines, Xi aimed to build a rapport with Vietnam to potentially avoid conflicts with multiple regional nations. China proposed increased financial backing for transborder railway projects during the visit. Historically, Vietnam and China shared strong communist bonds, with China supporting North Vietnam and the Vietnam War. 
However, the relationship has faced strains, partly due to China's endorsement of Cambodia's Khmer Rouge regime under Pol Pot in 1975. According to Reuters, if Donald Trump were to win a second term as U.S. president, his administration might potentially halt funding to Ukraine, consider withdrawing from NATO, and further reduce economic interactions with China. This report, published on Monday, is based on information from nearly 20 current and former aides and diplomats, most of whom remained unnamed. The report suggests that Trump, during his first term from 2017 to 2021, faced challenges in implementing his policies due to resistance from unelected government officials and sometimes his own appointees. To address this, Trump is purportedly planning to appoint individuals who align more closely with his policies, which are described as isolationists by Reuters. However, the report also acknowledges that Trump himself has provided few clues regarding his specific intentions for a potential second term. Abdul Nasser Benbrika, originally from Algeria and a convicted terrorist, has been released from an Australian prison but is subject to over 30 stringent conditions. Benbrika, who was previously convicted for his involvement in planned attacks on Melbourne's MCG during the 2005 AFL Grand Final and the Crown Casino, has completed nearly two decades of incarceration. His release on December 19th followed a decision by Justice Elizabeth Hollingworth of the Victorian Supreme Court, who imposed a one-year period of strict supervision and curfew. Ben Brico is required to wear an ankle monitor, cannot leave Victoria without permission, and faces extensive police monitoring of his electronic communications. Additionally, Ben Brico is prohibited from contacting various individuals, including those in prison, convicted terrorists, people charged with related offenses, and others specified by the court. An alleged Israel-linked hacking group known as Gonjeski Durande, or Predatory Sparrow in Persian, has claimed responsibility for a significant cyber attack that disrupted Iran's consumer fuel network. As reported by Reuters, the cyber attack necessitated manual operation at many petrol stations, resulting in frustration among consumers. The group announced their responsibility for the cyber attack on the social media platform X, stating that the attack was a response to the Islamic Republic and its proxies' actions in the region. Gonjeski Durande also mentioned that they had preemptively informed Iran's emergency services about the attack to minimize civilian harm. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thank you very much, James. Five minutes past five. Good morning, and uh, we're awfully sorry to all the streamers, all the streaming people out there. We've, we're very sorry. We seem to have been losing connection. We've had internet problems here. It's actually the cell tower. It's part of one New Zealand problem, and they've uh, been, you know, we've been on and off for the last three days. It's been very, very bad, and it happened right bang on five o'clock. So that was a pain in the butt. So anyway, we'll get back to... Uh, back to normal hopefully and uh, let me just check and make sure that we are still going out yeah we seem to be okay at the moment so that's great uh, i'll have uh, weather for you in uh, just one moment for great looking t-shirts hoodies and sweatshirts the tnt shop is now open at tntradio.live as a professional geomorphologist how did you Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Keep forgetting to switch it on. It's very easy to do because I, it's not a, like a real a real radio studio where you have a red light that comes on, so you know there's sort of a, like a, a just a red a glow throughout the studio, and you know you're on air. But here you don't really know, so uh, yeah, you've got to keep your wits about you. Now the time is six minutes past five, and uh, let's go straight to the weather, shall we? Um, 
fortunately I've managed to get some weather out. We've, yeah, we had all sorts of problems with um, connection this morning. The extremes right now, Napier has the highest temperature of 18.5 degrees. Waitati has uh, the lowest temperature, but it's still pretty warm, really, 8 degrees. Castle Point is the windiest place to be, not terribly windy, 43 kilometres per hour. And the wettest place is Milford Sound with 0.2 millimetres of rain. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Waikato, Coromandel Peninsula and the Bay of Plenty also for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly fine weather today, but mostly light showers in Northland, Auckland and Waikato. For Waitomo to Wellington, including the central high country and the Wairarapa, cloudy periods today with long fine spells this afternoon. Uh, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury in the South Island, you've got um, fine weather apart from areas of morning low cloud, a hot day for inland Canterbury. For Otago and Southland, partly cloudy with scattered light rain developing this morning. For Buller, Westland and Fiordland, cloud, cloud gradually increasing, rain developing in Fiordland, that's in the morning, and spreading north to the glaciers from afternoon. And for the Chatham Islands, cloud increasing and drizzle possible this evening. The extended forecast for Thursday for the North Island, mainly fine in the south, but cloudy periods and isolated showers in the north. In the South Island, periods of rain in the south, especially Fiordland, fine spells elsewhere, but isolated showers inland. On Friday in the North Island, partly cloudy, isolated showers in the, uh, in the afternoon and evening, especially about the ranges. In the South Island, showers mainly in the south and west. For the weekend, Saturday, North Island, partly cloudy, isolated showers in the, in the afternoon and evening, especially about the ranges. For the South Island, showers mainly in the east and inland. Chatham Islands, your long-range forecast, cloudy periods, a few showers on Saturday, northerlies changing to southwesterlies later on Thursday, and then dying out on Friday. Well, we'll have a look, see what's going on with the bits and pieces with the news, shall we? It's eight minutes past five. As a professional geomorphologist, how did you become a Christian? It was based on 30 years of scientific research uh, where many of the features that I studied around the world and in different zones or different climates of the world showed evidence of a global flood. And so I began to question uh, and look at the Bible and I saw there that the Bible provided a history, if you like, that was equivalent to my scientific interpretation. So one day, myself and another person went to a church just to see if God really did exist and we found out he does. Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist community. Oh, right. school. Yes, yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Comrade, 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 comrade. It was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. Has it changed since those days? No, not particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? Well, I actually believe that it is possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda. Welcome yes. to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Yeah, welcome along. Okay, well, first of all, we are over at Radio New Zealand, rnz.co.nz, and the headlines there. 
Threat made to release private health details. Now, Tiwata Aura, now what's that? Now, Tiwata Aura, that would be the health department, I suppose. We'll just call it the health department until they've come up with a proper name. And they're supposed to be using proper names, but I see the, the government-funded radio station, RNZ, where I'm reading this, uh, they are sort of, um, they're defiant, aren't they? Defiant lot, and yet we pay for it. And uh, so they probably need to be all sacked, the whole lot of them, and new people put in there, I would say. I think that I think that could happen to a few of them. I think stuff needs to go out the door as well. Now, uh, the revelation comes after the general uh, um, agency initially said that there were no identifying details in the data, and taxi operators are urged to use a $1 million fund to make vehicles accessible. Uh, one fellow here, he says, this is Barney Coniferinisi, uh, uh, it's an interesting name, Barney Coniferinisi, yeah, Coniferinisi. Yeah, that's a long name, isn't it? What, what would that be? He looks part Maori, but he might have a bit of, um, I don't know, Coniferinisi. It doesn't see, it's not an island name, is it? Maybe it's, maybe it's a Greek or something like that. He says, you feel useless at different times of the day. This is the wheelchair user. He struggles to find a mobility van to help him get around Auckland City. So it looks as though those taxi operators are going to be urged to use that fund. Uh, and I, I wonder if it's free. I don't think it'll be a free fund. It won't be a grant. They'll have to pay it back, I would think. And uh, a man loses a legal bid to reclaim a $45,000 diamond engagement ring after a split with his fiance. <laughs> if it was the other way around, he probably would you'd be right wouldn't it she would she would win uh the man has successful uh, unsuccessfully attempted to sue his ex-fiance for a forty-five thousand dollar engagement ring he gave her why would you spend that much <laughs> just give her a just give her a can a top um what do you call it a um you know the ring top on on a coke can or something like that although you shouldn't be drinking coke oh now listen the brendewin hills that's up in northland there uh, State Highway 1 at the Brendu and Hills is closed for nine weeks. But don't worry, they, they do these headlines to scare me. I thought, what a, well, it's a terrible time to be closing it. But no, it's not. It's going to be uh, February, around about the 27th of February, I think, uh, for nine weeks. State Highway 1 at the Brendu will be closed, yes, for nine weeks, critical repair. Uh, Transport Minister unhappy with the roading projects, the annual $750,000 pest bill. So he doesn't want to pay it. Uh, it's a, what do they call it now? It's not Waka Kotari. It's got a new name. They've put Waka Kotari. It's um, it's well, it's the old name. But uh, the trouble is, you can't remember what they were when they start using these terms. And then when you're speaking to people from overseas, they haven't got a clue what Waka what a boat. <laughs> Waka is a Waka is a canoe, isn't it? Kotari car is it? Ko Sorry. Um, let me see. It would be um, New Zealand Transport, I suppose. Yeah, that'll be it. They're committed to undertaking the work on 6,000. Um, I don't know why I read the six first, but it's a 3,650 hectare. That's about 7,000 acres of native bush in perpetuity as part of a $280 million Mount Messenger bypass in Taranaki. I'm surprised they didn't give it the Mount Messenger its Maori name because it does have one. Gore Council needs $465 million of capital investment in three waters infrastructure. Well, I thought that was all being canned by the, that was part of the National Coalition Agreement. That was what they said to Bryce McKenzie. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be all gone. So the Gore District Council, uh, they will write to the central government to outline what one councillor has described as the funding and possibilities now confronting them. Yes, well, I'm pretty sure that that was part of the promises 
of the National Party that they were going to turn three waters around. And also, and they haven't done it yet, they've just delayed it, and that is the um, water purification, whatever they call it, where they uh, farmers, like for example, Northland, 25 degrees, uh, anything over 25 degrees has to be turned into trees, probably pine trees, uh, although that's the worst thing you could ever do for your land is put pine trees on it because it's, they're very acidic, not very good at all, but they do grow, I suppose, and you can and you can claim carbon credits back. I don't know, what would you do up there in Northland? I suppose you could start a, a mountain bike track, something like that, and um, bring tourists in, put some cabins on your property, and uh, a mountain bike track. What else could you do up there? Or a walking track or something? Was it endurance or something like that? You know, because you can't farm on it, can you? And you can't farm on the flats either because what they're going to do is you've got to have a 10-metre fence from the waterway, even if it doesn't go all year, even if the stream only runs for, you know, just the winter period and the rest of the time it's dry, (laughs) they've still got to put a fence 10 metres out either side of that stream uh, in the the deluded hope that they can clean up the water. Farmers, of course, are. They, They want clean water. Uh, but then the, the the really crazy thing is, the council says things like, um, "Oh, you've got to spray that. You've got to spray that stream." Um, I've had a council say to me, councillor, well, not a councillor, but a, you know, one of the council workers come out and say, "Oh, you need to put some spray, put some Roundup in there." Yeah, I said, "You've got to be kidding." I said, "Be better off having a bit of um, sheep poop than um, uh, you know getting close to the water than spraying it. You know, spraying all the growth in there because that's the trouble when you fence it off. It's just." lots of growth and that blocks everything up and then you can't get the digger in there anyway because it's all fence so you've got to ping the fences oh, it's a real pain in the butt actually anyway so that's gore and uh, so I'm very surprised because I was sure that they promised in their election promises I'm absolutely sure that the government said that they're going to outlaw not only three waters but also fresh water bill as well a coronial inquiry into Constable Matthew Hunt's death is ruled out why is that? Now, coroners, they're not, there's nothing special about them. They're not sort of like forensic scientists or anything like that. They're basically just the local lawyer. A uh, coroner will not be open to, uh, he will not open an inquiry into the fatal shooting of an unarmed police officer, Matthew Hunt, in 2020. Not sure, I don't actually remember too much about that. Now, Cyclone Gabrielle, first two homeowners accept buyout offer. So that's part of the planned retreat, which is all part of the Agenda 2030 to get people away from those areas so that the um, wealthy billionaires can just come and take it for nothing. Uh, One agreement will be settled this week and the other early in the new year, according to the Hastings District Council. And a gymnastics club in shock after former coach admits to sexual offences. This is in Marlborough, is it? Uh, Blenheim Gymnastics Club says that it's shocked to learn of serious sexual offending against one of its former coaches. Seem to be attracted um, these perverts seem to be attracted to these types of things, don't they? You know, where they look, you know, like netball coach and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, if you've got a bloke wanting to be a netball coach, I think there's something a bit dodgy about that anyway. Now, in Massey, there's been a homicide, and the victim was an Armour Guard Security Patroller Company. What? Victim was an Armour Guard Security Patroller. Oh, there's a comma after that. Company confirms. Armour Guard said the victim was a 25 year old, Ramadeep Singh. Yeah, Ram, Ramandeep Singh, and he was working for the company uh, through a contractor. Hmm, Massey Homicide. Is that that one where the police were, you know, out in the park there? Possibly. We'll have a look at that bit later, just looking at the headlines at the moment. So these are all news stories that have just come in. Um, it's 18 minutes past five, too, by the way. 60,000 waiting for long to uh, waiting too long to see the specialist. That's uh, nearly double last year, apparently. This is in health. 
number of patients facing lengthy waits has doubled in some regions this year. And shark, described as a bit of a biter, attacks a woman in knee-deep water in Southland. 21-year-old was bitten on the leg at about 2am. What are you doing out in the water at 2am, you silly girl, while walking in an estuary? in Southland. You don't go walking at 2 o'clock in the morning. You should be at home with a nice glass of milk and tucked up in bed by 9 o'clock. This is why all the bad stuff happens after midnight. Get your kids home. I, I, I think that's why that's why the coach turned into a pumpkin at midnight because not good for girls and boys, not good for young people to be out on the streets after midnight. You should be home at 10 o'clock. Get home by 9 if you ask me. A correction staff allegedly bribed with sex and money. This is in Wellington region, Rimataka Prison, I suppose. Six people have been charged with corruption and bribery after a three-year probe by police into the jail. Yeah, that was Rimataka. Three years. How would you probe the prisoners? Man, that'd be hard, wouldn't it? You have to, you have to you probably have... What would you have? Spies would have moved in there. How would you probe? <laughs> I can't imagine prisoners wanting to give away much. Uh, a controversial landfall, a landfill, it makes a fresh application. Uh, the site is less than five kilometres east of a township and has been plagued with problems including odour, dust and water leaching issues this year. Now, where was that? Um, that I think I can remember. I'll just click on it. Just quickly, because I can't remember where it was. The internet's running as slow as a wet week. Let me have a look and see if we're still actually on the radio. Oh, yeah, we are still on. There we are. Um, so, anyway, you would have, if you've missed anything, I don't think you've only missed a few country songs, which, you know, a lot of the people that tune in now don't like them anyway. <laughs> they can't stand the country music. But, uh, yeah, so if you do, oh, I wouldn't bother. I would, but but if, you, if you missed the program, look, most people I'm finding that don't get up early in the morning, they um, they go to Spotify or Podbean or one of the others. We're on everything except for iHeartRadio. Now, where is this thing, this controversial? It's five kilometres east of a township. Yeah, but it doesn't say where it is. Um, oh, hang on. No, I'll go back again. So what's happened here? Oh, forget it. There we are. Somewhere. I think it's Christchurch. Pretty sure it was. Somewhere around there. Uh, potentially dangerous. A 13-year-old arrested after police track stolen vehicles. <laughs> the teens are into it, aren't they? I wonder if they been put up to it. Hmm, gangs, probably. The teen is amongst a group of three arrested over an erratic driving uh, episode uh, over a two-hour period. That was on Monday evening. And also we've got two linked to Headhunters gang charged with murder of a 36-year-old. This is in Auckland region, Northland. Auckland, Northland. Police arrest appear after searching properties in Northland and Auckland and have also named the victim. Have they? I'll try and click on it. Just the, the internet's running as... Slow as it, like I said, very slow. No, it should be much quicker than that by now. Hopeless. 21 past five. What about a country song where we wait? I wonder if that'll work. Mm. Well, we'll give it a go. Should we give it a go? Have we got a country song here? Who have we got there? Let's see who it is. Carrie Underwood, she's lovely, isn't she? Mama's song. Oh, I don't know. Really? ZZ Top. What about that? What about that just to wake you up? Yeah, that'll do. Except I can't hear anything. Oh, there we go. Love the drums. The Devil's Instrument. You know why it's called the Devil's Instrument, don't you? Because it's covered over, and that's what Satan did. Lucifer, he diverted the praise away from God. Because he was made of pipes, you see. Like a boomerang 
Oh, well, you can't beat the old ZZ Top, eh? Yeah, pretty good. 25 minutes past five here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. I hope I've got the levels right. I always struggle because you can't really tell uh, how it's all going, but never mind. Now, the the internet's not going very well today, so uh, it's just one of those things we have to put up with. But anyway, if you miss anything, you can always go to Podbean or to Spotify or one of the others. One of the We're on all most of the apps except for iHeart. Um, and I was, think I was telling you about the substance that was found. Oh, maybe I wasn't. Anyway, that I think that's the next. Oh, no, hang on. I'll go back one because we were talking about um, the headhunters. Yes, it was two linked to a headhunters gang have been charged with murder. Uh, that was, I think they arrested them a day or so ago. Um, that was of the 36-year-old man. That was back in, I think it was the 1st of December. Uh, police arrested the pair after searching properties in Northland and Auckland. Yeah, that's where I was. And then I clicked on it, nothing happened. And now it's gone, clicked on it and nothing happened again. Anyway, so... Oh, here we go. No, it is just running a bit slow. Two men have been arrested and charged with the murder of the man in Helensville last month. Uh, police on Tuesday, they named the victim as Samuel Curl. He's 36 years old of Auckland. Earlier in the day, they arrested two men after searching properties in Northland and Auckland. Curl was found with serious injuries on the Kaipra Coast Highway just after midnight on the 6th of November this year. Uh, he died three weeks later. Police continue now, blah, blah, blah. And then a 31-year-old male is due to appear in the Whangarei District Court. He appeared yesterday in the court, uh, while a 42-year-old male is due to appear at the Waitakere District Court today. Uh, officers were still trying to find out what exact, the exact circumstances surrounding Curl's death, according to um, Detective Inspector uh, Tim Will- Williams. Yes, there we are. And also there's a substance that was found on the beach at Hawke's Bay and it made the dog sick. It's found that it is a waste byproduct. It's probably council's done that. Uh, yes, now it's a beach. Hmm, where is it called? Where is that beach? Uh, it's whole something rather, many men one or something like that. Fatty, smelly substance found on the beach south of Napier that made two dogs sick. Well, that'll teach them, won't it? It'll teach your dogs to run off. Um it was a waste byproduct from animal or food processing and contained hydrocarbon. The substance was found on Halmoana Beach. That was what I was looking for. Halmoana Beach on the 1st of December, about 24, uh, 20 odd, 19 days ago, wasn't it? And the local said her dog went straight for it. Well, you should control your dog. Get here. You don't allow your dog to just wander off. It's just terrible. People don't know how to handle their dogs. Shouldn't be allowed to just wander off anyway, run off. I suppose they're letting him have a a run on the beach and then they go off and have a crap and then you pretend you're not looking you, you pretend you look out the other way where the dog has a crap and you don't miss, and you, you make out like you didn't see it because you don't want to pick it up because <laughs> even through the plastic bag it feels disgusting doesn't it but I think it's terrible letting dogs poop on the beach nothing worse nothing worse lemon dog poop you go out there to I don't know what do you do you go out there to make some sandcastles with the kids and there's a great big dog turd. No, dogs should be banned on the beach this time of the year anyway. Don't have them. But I think there's rules, isn't it? More rules. People should just be responsible and um, just make sure the dogs have a poop before they go. There we are. I used to have a dog and he would um, he would go and lean up against um, a bush or something, get in close and poop in the bush. He was good. He, he was good, actually. Good dog there, you know, fertilising the, the trees. Marvellous. 28 minutes past five. Back to the news, Grant. All right. We've had you, you've had your coffee. I'm still salivating like an old um, blimmin' bloodhound. Don't know. I think, I mean, it is. It's because I don't do I don't normally salivate, you know. Uh, I, it's only when I drink coffee. So, obviously, mm, I, I have to go and check the Materia Medica and find out 
uh, whether it does actually do that because I have far too much coffee. I mean, I'll have five or six cups of coffee a day. I mean, it's the only vice I've got. I don't smoke cigarettes. Gosh, I'd love a fag. <laughs> oh, it'd be nice to sit here. I mean, I used to smoke when I was doing radio, oh, perhaps a hundred years ago. When was it? I can't, it's embarrassing to say how long ago because I don't think I sound as old as I am but I am, I'm pretty old um, I used to have a smoke every time I'd put a record on because we had played the old 45 records and every time I put one on we'd light a fag up we had these big things called cart machines or a big plastic oh what do they look like so, like a Tupperware, like one of those thin bits of Tupperware, and you'd shove it into a machine, like a cassette. Yeah, they're a cassette, but a massive cassette. And they were called cart machines. I don't know why they called them cart cartridge. That'd be why. And um, we used to play those. We chuck them in and have all written on it. You know what it was. This is um, you know such and such by somebody. Somebody and came out and what do you call it? And it also had how many seconds you had, so you could yap uh, at the beginning. Gosh, the microphone's on, isn't it? Yes, it is on. And uh, yeah. And uh, so that was that. And I used to smoke and then have the odd drink. But you've got to control yourself, don't you? You've got to be in charge of your body. You've got to say, no, no, we're not doing that. Because, I mean, I could, if I wanted to, I've got, I, I reckon I could. I could just sit and drink beer and smoke cigarettes all day if I wanted to. It'd be easy to do. But I know that that would be no good for me. It'd be the worst thing you could do. And I do feel pretty good just eating lots of meat, you know, carnivore diet. Still, we still have the milk and cheese and eggs, lots of eggs. Got Oh, we've got nine big chooks here and a lovely big rooster. They're so big, they can't get in the door. I have to, uh, they have to put them in the man door where I walk in, so I have to leave that open. <laughs> and I think I've stopped the possums getting in. They're still trying, though. I have to do some more remedial work there. But, they, um, yeah, the little, the little mongrels, those possums. You've got to, yeah, you've really got to, you can't just put chicken wire over them, I think. You've got to board it up completely. And I think they like it to be dark, the chooks, when they do go in at night. And if you want them to lay, in the wintertime, if you want them to lay eggs for longer, well, just put a put a um, solar panel up on the roof, just a cheap one, you know, with a little controller, maybe a battery somewhere. This is if you're off-grid, you know, I'm talking me off-grid, and if you live out in the WAPs like I do. Um, and then what would you do? You just put a light in there, I suppose. And that'll give you, if you have, they need at least nine hours, I think, or a bit longer than that, maybe 12 hours. I can't remember. My friend David did tell me. David, if you're listening, he's down in Kapitara, up in the hills. Um, yeah, up in the hills. Now, we get back to the news, Grant. All right, so they found this substance on the Hao Moana beach on the 1st of December, and a local said that her dog went straight to it and then started vomiting. Hawke's Bay Regional Council sent samples away for analysis, and the results have been returned. Policy and Regulation Manager Katrina Brunton, she said. She said, we're working with the Hastings District Council to identify the source of the contamination so they can fine you. <laughs> uh, since the initial incident and the days following, there have been no further contamination washed up on the beach. It's probably just someone's tipped, probably some fishing boats tipped out some fat or something. Who knows? Be something, something like that. Not worth worrying about, is it? Not worth it, just a bit. Fancy some woman, busybody, a bit of fat on the beach won't hurt you. Nah, it's just a bit of, it's only fat. The dog vomited, that's a, the good, good vomited it out. And then, then there we are, little, oh, anyway, okay, a funding details release for fixing Marlborough Sounds roads. Are we still, yes, we're still, this is all local news. Um, the New Zealand Transport Agency, um, they've got a Maori name there, but that's all banned now, that's all finished, <laughs> uh, according to me. It was never, I never liked it anyway. Uh, it was signalled, uh, oh, you know, she wired. When I think about it, that flipping Billy Tekaheka, 
Um, now he was on. He's promoting his video there. You know, like it's like I oh, it's been months and months. I mean, Samantha Edwards. She'll just pop out, pop out a a, um, a free documentary film. Brilliant, beautiful documentaries that she pops out, and uh, you pop them out in a week or two. <laughs> and um, Billy Tekaheka, he's making a big song and dance about it. And what did he call himself? A documentary investigative reporter and all this rubbish. And uh, he says, the Aotearoa, New Zealand. Ah, oh, I said, so I sent a little note to him. I said, it's New Zealand, Billy. It's not Aotearoa, New Zealand. You know, so what are you doing? Anyway, um, now now we're getting to old news. I think that's, uh, did I read you? Oh, yes, that's right. We'll just start on this. Now, funding details have been released for fixing the Marlborough Sounds roads. Well, it's not just them. It's all over the country. It's that the communists have been diverting funds into their black ops. Uh, and that's communist in the central government as well as the local government because they're all part of the, the new world order. Uh, the New Zealand Transport Agency has signalled how much it will fund towards fixing and improving roads in the Marlborough Sounds, have they? Oh, OK. Uh, a violent grandfather who left age two. Was your grandfather at two? <laughs> He's been deported back from Australia. An Australian grandfather's been deported to New Zealand for decades of criminal offending for four decades oh, because of his decades of criminal offending in Australia but says he will struggle in a country that he hasn't set foot in since he was a baby in the 1960s well you better behave yourself I don't we don't really want them here but Australia doesn't want them either they don't want these flipping criminals why are they all Maori that's what you've got to ask yourself isn't it why a policeman told me once he says Maori commit all the crime and this that's terrible and I mean, Maori that are hardworking, ones that I know, hardworking, just really good people, they must get so sick of this. They must, they must, you know, you think they would say, can't you guys just get a job or can't you just go straight? I mean, what is it? I think it's, I think it's some decades of um, victimhood, you know, trying to make out that these people are victims. And that just reminds me of something. Now let me just let me just check on that. I've got. I'm sure I've got something on that here. Let's have a look. We'll put victim and victim, victim. Here we go. Uh, victimhood. Yeah. Have a listen to this. They did an experiment with a group of women, yeah. and they put scars on their faces, and yeah. they told these women that they're going into a job interview, and the purpose of the experiment is to find out whether people with facial disfigurements face discrimination. Uh, they showed them the scars in the mirror. The women saw themselves with these scars, and as they led them out of the room, they said, we're just going to touch it up a little bit. And as they touched it up, they removed the scarring completely. So the women went into the job interview thinking that they are scarred, but actually being their normal selves. And the result of the experiment is that those women then came back reporting massively increased level of discrimination. Indeed, they, many of them came back with comments that the interviewer had made that they felt were referencing their facial disfigurement. And this is why I think this ideology of victimhood is so dangerous, because if you preach to people constantly that we're all oppressed, then that primes people to look for that. Yeah, see, there you go. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what's happening within Maridom. And if you hang out around the Pars, or not the Pars, they hang out around the Marais, they, and some of these people in these Marais are just filling their kids up with uh, victimhood. You know, they, you, and, but the, my, my Maori friends, they're not victims. They refuse to be. They will, why should they be? Uh, most of them are 90% Ma- uh, European anyway. They just look like Maori guys. And, but they're not. They're European. They just get on with life. Very successful people. 
because they they won't f- go down that track of victimhood. They keep themselves mentally looking good, uh, looking good physically, mentally sound, good jobs, entrepreneurial. They're into it, very successful. And it's just such a shame that these kids are being, it's a bit like the Palestinians. That's what they're, they're taught to hate the Jews right from a very young age, from, you know, Gaza Elementary School, according to Noni Darwish. She should know. She, her father was the head of a terror organization called the Fedayeen back in the 50s and 60s. I think well, he might have been knocked off. I'm not sure when he, when he was knocked off. Noni Darwish. You can look her up. should be able to spell that. How do you spell that? Noni Darwish. There you go. <laughs> uh, reminds me of an Australian comedian. He'd go, oh, I've got a dog called Carpenter. He does odd jobs around the house. And he said, how do you spell Carpenter? Carpenter. <laughs> Good spell. I'll be back in a minute. I've just got, got to um, get my thoughts together. 21 minutes to six. Yeah, I don't even think women should be police officers because, I'm sorry, if I'm in danger and they send me a woman, I'm going to be so offended, especially here. If I'm home alone Gosh. and someone breaks into my apartment and they send me a woman, it's like, what's a woman going to do that I couldn't do? I'm stronger than most women. I'm in better shape than most women. And I'm taller than most women. So it's like, what is that female police officer really going to do? Oh, hang on. Just give me a second. Um, I was just about to have a cough, and she stopped. That was only a short one, wasn't it? I don't know why. I'm not smoking or anything. We'll do this. Is it possible to be Christian and a scientist at the same time? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I was a full-time practicing experimental scientist for over 20 years. So... And there's no conflict between experimental science and the Bible. There's a huge body of experimental science, and none of it contradicts the Bible. The only contradiction is in the the millions of years story, trying to pretend that we know what happened in the past based on things in the present. And there are many other scientists who are Christians and contributing to the scientific enterprise around the world, and many high-profile scientists uh, indeed. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. There you go. 25 to 6, 25 to 6, and Grant's hoiking out the window. Hey, it's the sun's up. Looking great out there already. Well, it's not out, but it's light. It's light at this time of the morning. So you're about half past five. It starts to looking looking pretty good. So what would it be? Uh, spring forward. Uh, so the clock goes forward. So really, in actual fact, the time um, is um, um, fall back, fall back. So it would be probably 6.30, wouldn't it? In normal time, but some some people ask me. They say, "What what does it mean when you write on your um and your headings NZ uh, New Zealand Daylight Saving Time?" That's what it means. <laughs> okay, we're over at News Hub now. I've I've lost interest in Radio New Zealand. It's all rubbish. Can't hear what's going on anyway. I can't even. I don't even know if the, the um, microphone's working. Looks like there's mo- things are moving, so it must be working. Hello, hello. Yes, you can hear me there. Just terrible. I like to see big needles, you know, like a proper dashboard. But who can afford such things? You have to be um, loaded, don't you, to have it? But your computer does it all. Probably more powerful what we've got now with a wee laptop. It's unbelievable, really. <laughs> I had my com- my complete library, which is about 2,000 country songs I've got at the moment, sort of building it up slowly. And um, I put it on my mobile phone just on the SIM card and it hardly moved it. It's incredible. So it must be a fair bit there. So I've just got the backups of the old mobile phone. How about that? And I've got two mobile phones. <laughs> That's all usually a bit dodgy, isn't it, when people have two mobile phones or two SIM cards, you know, one for the girlfriend and one for the wife, maybe. No, no, nothing like that. It's just that if I go away, so I'm just using a mobile phone to put this radio station out online. It seems to work quite well. I just, they're cheap enough and um, you can get on some plans. You're, I don't know, extra 30, 50 bucks a month. It's better. I did I did the uh, Sky, not Sky, um, what is it now? Um, Elon Musk's one. What, that, what does he call it? 
come on, think of it, Grant, think of it. Get the brain going. It's just like the old cogs. It's like this rusty old flipping machine trying to get going. You've got to spray a bit of CRC on it and move back. This is my brain, all the cogs in my brain. Forward, back, forward, forward. She's coming free now. Starlink, there we are, got it. <laughs> okay, um, News Hub. We're over at News Hub, and we've got a picture there of a very fine gentleman there with facial desecration. I'm not sure who he is. And then we've got a, a photograph of the, a very handsome uh, Minister of Health, and that is Shane Reti. He's up in Whangarei, isn't he, up there? Health Minister. Uh, the Health Minister's iwi uh, makes a public appeal to him to stop the scrapping of the smoke-free laws. And, uh, oh, we'll just stay there. I was going to click on it, but we'll come back to it. Fire in the house. <laughs> Luxon speculates Hipkins could soon be rolled. So he's going to lose his job. They're going to tip him out. That's Hipkins is the Labour Party leader. He was the leader of the um, Labour Party in the last government. For those of you listening outside of New Zealand, they haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. Now, um, but Luxon, he's accused him of bringing family into the debate. Yes, you shouldn't do that, Hipkins. He likes to be called Chippy for some reason. That's naughty. And that was happening. He taught, He was doing something about... Oh, in fact, uh, actually, um, Mark Smith, Mark um, Spring, he's got something on that. Here we go. Hipkins will always be a loser. <laughs> uh, failed ex-caretaker Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has once again today proved that he's not worthy nor capable of the top job. So I'll click on that. That's it's, gosh, it's going slow. So I've just clicked on it, right? And it's still not, it's still not happening. I don't even know if you can hear me, but I'm recording it, so it'll go out on the podcast, and you'll hear that. Yeah, no, it's a waste of time. I've clicked on it. Nothing's happening. Nobody home. So I might as well just stop that. I think we might even be off the radio. Let's have a look. Yes. Oh, no, we're still there. We're still there. We've been going. We, we, I mean, the, the longest I've ever streamed for, I think, is almost 100 hours without it. Um, I was going to say crapping out, but we don't, you know, we don't speak. We don't use that sort of language here uh, at the radio station. Now, okay, we'll just look at the headlines then, because if I click on it, nothing will happen. It's 16 minutes to 6, and the the sun is it's getting cooler. Um, oh, and now have I talked about temperatures and stuff like that? I don't know if I have. Let's have a quick look at that. And uh, I won't refresh, because I'll lose the whole lot. Uh, yes, temperatures right across the country looks interesting at the moment. Stuart Island's 13 degrees, Invercargill 14, so it's very warm down south. Needham 12 degrees. Even Queenstown's got 13 degrees at the moment. Timaru and France Joseph, either side of the country, east and west, they've both got uh, right on the coast there, uh, 10 degrees at the moment. Christchurch, 13, along with the Chatham Islands. Westport's on 10 as well, too, further north on the west coast. <laughs> Westport, of course. Uh, Nelson, 15, and Blenheim, a little bit warmer there. They have 16 degrees. Did I say Christchurch has um, 13? Yes, well, there I did now. Uh, in the North Island, that right down the bottom where all the criminals are, there are 121 of them. At the moment, is it 121 or is it 120? Roughly 120. Why do we need that many in this tiny little country with barely 5 million people? For ages, we had 2 million people. And then all of a sudden, all these uh, immigrants came in, uh, rushed in, put pressure on everything. Anyway, 14 degrees there, along with Masterton today. And uh, further up the coast, uh, Napier, 19 degrees. Uh, Palmerston North's on 17, which isn't bad for that little place. Um, Palmerston North Hospital there. I was I spent a few months in there when I was a kid because of the vaccine injuries, probably. New Plymouth, 13 degrees uh, over there, Mount Egmont. <laughs> uh, Taupo and Rotorua both on 15 and 12 degrees. Gisborne has 17 along with Tauranga. Hamilton's on 15, Auckland 17, and Whangarei, you're on 16, Kaitaia. So the cooler, further north you go, the cooler it gets. It looks, uh, except for the, the the very bottom of the South Island. So it's really warm at the moment, and that's because, um, I'll tell you why that is. I, I should be able to tell you. That is because, um, yes, I, I do have, oh, wonderful work. 
No, it's, yeah, no, we've got a problem. We're probably down to 3G, I would think, at the moment. Had all sorts of problems, and it started on the weekend. I've been on the blower. Everyone in the area is out, um, but oh, hopeless. I was ringing. I was talking to a nice young lady in Bangladesh and another couple of people in India, but they've got it all under control. When you phone up Vodafone, which is now One New Zealand, you, you end up talking to some very fine people over in India. And... Uh, Let's hope they stay there. No, it's good. Yeah, they speak well. I think the best is the best ones, actually, on the phone. The best English would have to be the Filipinos. They speak very good English. And uh, so I would say give them a job. I don't know. I, I do struggle to understand the um, the Bangladeshis and the... Um, the other one, the wit wit ding ding. I do have I do have trouble understanding them. I sometimes have to ask them, and I feel rude doing it. Oh, sorry, a uh, biggie pardon. Could I? Could you just repeat that, please? And I try and say it politely. I don't be you know don't get all gruff of them. I used to. I, sometimes I do. I mean, sometimes you do, don't you? When you get old and doddery, you do get a bit gruff with changes. You know, when you've got so too many people coming to your country, and why is it they always take jobs? You know, that we should have. <laughs> I mean, when you ring up the hospital or you ring up, oh, I don't ring up the hospital, but you say you ring up a government department, you want to speak to someone that sounds a bit like you, don't you? You, want, you don't want to feel like you've just rung some hospital in Mogadishu, do you? No. Now, anyway, um, I'll just go back to weather. And we've over at Philip Duncan's website, Weather Watch, and um, he says here, he said that the, the warmer nor'wester flow is moving back in again after the, this is for the next couple of days, and it means that windier weather returning to Wellington and other exposed areas. But of for those in the east of the, this means the higher temperatures. There you go. It's going to return, and so yesterday and today are going to be hot again today. Cloudy weather returns for many places too, especially in the south and west. So that's that's Philip Duncan. There we are. Fourteen minutes to six. Now, okay, we'll go back to the news. Nothing's working. Stuff, they're out, out for the count. So we're obviously running on um, two mice on a rubber band at the moment up at the cell tower. Uh, I don't know why. They've had so many problems. And it was out for 14 hours on the weekend. I think it was Saturday night. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to do my, my top 20 or something on my top, the American top 20, <laughs> top 20 countdowns. I couldn't do it. Went to bed instead. It was good, actually. It was quite good. I got to um, take some time off. But fortunately, with um, Xeno FM, it goes to automatic DJ. They call it auto DJ. And um, so that was that was fun for everybody. Listen to that same old songs <laughs> played every hour. Not the same. I think I've, I think I've got about... I mean, you can have hundreds of them up there, but oh, it takes forever. Or maybe I'll put a few more up there. So the health minister, he um, he wants the... Um, his, that's his iwi. Uh, so they're all... I mean, I, look, it's a matter of um, this whole smoking thing. I just can't believe anyone. We're all falling for it. It's just another way of controlling New Zealanders. If you want to have a cigarette, you should be allowed to. And people say, oh, well, it's going to cost the health system. It's going to put pressure. Well, no, nowhere near as much pressure as the, all the immigrants coming and putting pressure on it. All these sick immigrants are all vaccinated, boosted up to the hilt. They're all going to be in hospital. And, you know, in all the cases of COVID-19, so-called at the moment, they're all vaccine-injured people. All those people that are in hospital, those 8,000 or whatever, or 7,000, somewhere there, um, you know, and look how, look how many there are. Are, and they're not. They haven't locked us down. They locked Northland down. That woman, Jacinda Ardern, locked Northland down because they didn't treat her very well when she was up at Pi here, <laughs> yelling at her. <laughs> and um, they she locked Northland down for one case. And here we are, seven and eight thousand cases of a new wave, according to Michael uh, Baker. 
that halfwit, he needs a dose of arsenicum. Arsenic. <laughs> now, don't, no, don't call the cops on me. Arsenic. Arsenicum is a remedy, and it's for people that are very nervous. <laughs> and he's like that. I would say his, his lawns would be perfectly manicured. I mean, these are some of the mental and emotional symptoms of people like Michael Baker. Everything's perfect. I would say that his car be cleaned every Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday before work on Monday, be absolutely perfect. Everything in its place. You know, if it's something slightly crooked on the wall, like a picture frame, he'd have to go and straighten it. You know, if he saw sort of a bit of dust somewhere, some germ lurking, <laughs> he's thoroughly convinced of the, of the germ theory. Either that or he's a blooming good actor and uh, he's just being paid millions of dollars to push all this germ nonsense, just germ warfare rubbish. Anyway, it is warfare. They're using germs as a form of war against us. So that guy in South Africa, that's, that he calls himself germ, um, he's right. It is germ warfare. So he obviously doesn't believe in uh, the germ theory. And that's probably, I think the first time I heard him, uh, it was... Samantha Bailey, I think he interviewed her, and uh, so because she's um, sort of anti-germ, isn't she? She, she's definitely against it. She believes in the the cellular theory, or what's another name for the cellular theory? Um, terrain theory, same sort of thing. And it was um, Antoine Beauchamp. So you can read about him uh, if you want to look him up. It's um, Beecham, <laughs> and Antoinette Beecham, but it's Antoine. Beecham, a Beauchamp. Yeah, that's his name. Now, in Parliament, fire in the house. Oh, we talked about that. Hipkins, yes. No, you shouldn't be bringing other people's family into it. I'll click on it now and see if it'll work. Probably won't. Probably still won't work. No, look at that. Slow as a wet week. Now, stop, stop. Otherwise, I'll, I won't be able to read anything. So we'll just look at the headlines, won't we? Um, so it looks as though the former chippy, um, according to Mark Spring, he's a, he's a loser anyway. And uh, I'll hang on. I'll go back to Mark Spring because he did have something on it. Yes, he failed ex-caretaker Chris Hipkins. He's, he's at it again, proving that he's not worthy or capable of the top job. But I can't click on it because nobody home. No internet, never mind. Uh, so we'll just carry on, you know. We'll just, uh, you know, battle on. Uh, in health, she's a fighter, a toddler with a ce- the cerebral palsy, uh, who the doctor said would never walk again. She goes viral and defies the odds she is walking. Look at that standing up there. Dad's holding her. Uh, but she looks like she's doing very well. Good on her. Lovely, isn't it? Uh, it's terrible, probably cerebral palsy, probably caused by vaccines as well. Uh, this, the truth's going to come out one day, and it's just, it's just disgraceful what they're doing to us. You know, sometimes I just think, gosh, oh, you know, how dare they? These devilish, this devilish thing. It's, I think this is the mystery of iniquity, which is what Jesus was talking about. He says the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And I think that's what it is. It's in the hearts and minds of men. They have no idea. They don't realize that they're actually just believing lies and they're actually um, perpetrating, uh, you know, terrible crimes upon humanity. And I don't think they actually realize that's what they're doing, but that's what they're doing, all right. Now, there's been a debate over the Tereo, but that's Maori. They never used to say it was always just Maori language. Now they use this word Tereo. This is a new thing that started now just recently. (laughs) It continues at Parliament. Debate over Tereo Maori, that's the Maori language, continues at Parliament with allegations of double standards thrown around. Can't click on it. It's just these are the headlines. In health, the Crown acknowledges the Crown. That's the Queen, is it? The King. The Queen. King acts like a bit of a Queen. Anyway, (laughs) um, Crown acknowledges it didn't consult treaty partner, but we're not treaty partners. Radio New Zealand, you should know. uh, It's not News Hub. We're not treaty partners. Never were. Never would be. Um, The United Kingdom never signed a treaty, uh, never signed a partnership with anybody. Um, the treaty wasn't a partnership. Uh, it was just a treaty to stop Maori killing each other. 
pretty much. That's why they wanted it. They were after it. We didn't particularly want it. But we suppose we needed some land for the people. It was getting a bit crowded. And uh, they saw a good opportunity, I suppose. But so we can do it. But we need all your sovereignty. And they did. They took the whole lot. And that's why, that's why they, they want to get rid of... Um, the English version because <laughs> they don't want people knowing the truth it's only three three sections that's all it is very easy just go and have a look at it online you can tell you can tell there's no partnership mentioned <laughs> it's just nonsense treaty partners axing of Maori health authority you get rid of that uh, and the treaty of Waitangi well it needs to change the, to Papa that's um, the in Wellington that's um, museum there called Te Papa to renew the Titi uh, what is it Titi or Waitangi it's basically the, the treaty of Waitangi display after protest vandalism well, they, why are they look they, they've given in Oh, they're going to renew it. Oh, that's all right. No, renew, not get rid of it. Uh, what else? Australia, Queensland floods. People, uh, what are they doing? They see people, in, what, trees sitting in the, oh, look at this photograph, a guy sitting up a tree there waiting to be rescued. He looks like an old, looks like something out of the 19th century, early 19th century, that guy there, long beard, looks a bit like me. <laughs> some old codger. I think I might get dressed up. I might just, um, I've got some muskets. I might just go out and hunt game and just look, and you know, instead of buying things from now on, I might just make them. I can make shoes. I come from a long line of shoemakers back to the 17th century. I can trace back my Cordwainers, we were, back in the old city of York. And um, I've been over there. I've seen, I've seen the buildings they lived in. The, the, it was a, um, one of them was an optometrist. He said, people come in all the time and say their ancestors used to live here. <laughs> I thought oh, I thought it would just be me. Anyway, fourteen hundred, I think. Yeah. So there you go. So I suppose there would be have quite a few owners, wouldn't they? And tax the governments to repeal a major tax legislation under urgency. I'll try and click on it, see if they've actually upped the game. Nah, hopeless, hopeless. Okay. And Aussie mum, uh, Aussie mum of a toddler who died in a hot car, often left there. Apparently, a court hears. That's terrible. Never leave your child. Never leave. Child in a hot car. Gosh, never leave them in a car. Terrible. I've heard of um, kids fiddling around with um, those push-in cigarette lighters, you know, and setting themselves on light, and they can't get in to get them out. Oh no! All right, um, let's play a country song because I'm getting a bit bored um, with myself. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back with um, a country song. Creationists say that the presence of carbon fourteen in fossils shows that they are young. Are they missing something? Well, those who believe in the millions of years try to explain it away. And there's two go-tos. The first one is contamination, that this carbon-14 has been added recently, like in the last 50,000 years it has to be. So this is uh, special pleading because right across the Phanerozoic, 541 million, even beyond that, you've got carbon-14, even in diamonds, which is supposed to be billions of years old, and you've got all this carbon-14 added after uh, just recently, right across the board in the same amount. Seriously. So the technique used to date, carbon-14, actually checks for contamination. You look at the carbon-13 ratio with carbon-12 and you can check for contamination. So another suggestion is that uranium decay actually produced the carbon-14. But to have enough uranium to do that, the thing would be 99% uranium and it wouldn't be a fossil, it'd be uranium. (laughs) So that doesn't work either. We've got news coming up at 6 o'clock. In the meantime, this is a beautiful goodbye from... Jennifer Hansen. It's like the most amazing sunset you've ever seen. There's never another quite the same. It just falls into some each 
song isn't it Jennifer Hanson there beautiful goodbye it's uh, one minute away from six o'clock news at uh, six o'clock with TNT radio we'll cross over there in just a moment uh, won't be too long at all why do you think Pearl that, that women are not natural leaders I just think there are things that women are naturally good at and men are naturally good at women just tend to be more agreeable and the trait disagreeability men tend to be more that way where women tend to be more agreeable We've forgotten Margaret Thatcher and Liz Truss and various other prime ministers we've Well, had. if you want to look at women in positions of political power, they're actually more violent and more willing to wage war. So I actually think that women do struggle in positions of political power as well. For example, your shortest prime minister ever here was a woman. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 
Russian air defense forces successfully intercepted a drone attempting to target Moscow. The drone was brought down in the Odintsovo municipality, located on the western border of Moscow city area. Following the incident, rescue teams were dispatched to the crash site. According to initial reports, the downed drone did not cause any damage or casualties on the ground. The Russian Defense Ministry identified the incident as an attempted terrorist attack orchestrated by Kiev involving a fixed-wing drone. Concurrently, Vnukovo Airport, situated east of Moscow, experienced a temporary disruption in operations due to factors outside of its control. This led to the diversion of all incoming flights to other airports in the Moscow region and a temporary halt in departures. A volcano on Iceland's Reykjanes Peninsula, located southwest of the country, has erupted following a period of significant earthquake activity. The seismic activity resulted in the destruction of homes, disruption of roads, and necessitated the evacuation of Grindavik, a nearby fishing village. The eruption commenced about 10 p.m. local time on Monday, approximately three kilometers north of Grindavik, as reported by the Icelandic Meteorological Office. The volcanic activity was preceded by a sequence of earthquakes about an hour earlier. In response, a Coast Guard helicopter was deployed to ascertain the precise location and scale of the eruption. Prior to the eruption, the 4,000 inhabitants of Grindavik had been evacuated due to warnings from Icelandic authorities about the rising underground magma, which posed a threat of surfacing imminently. A Facebook survey conducted by Mariana Bazuglia, a member of parliament from President Volodymyr Zelensky's party, revealed that a significant majority of Ukrainian respondents are reluctant to participate in the military. The initial poll asked female followers if they would consider relinquishing their Ukrainian citizenship to evade potential conscription into non-combat roles in the military. Despite assurances they wouldn't be placed in frontline combat, approximately 65% of the over 3,800 participants indicated they would prefer to renounce their citizenship than face the possibility of conscription. Subsequent polls inquired whether women would register with military authorities for potential future mobilization in exchange for opening borders for men or demobilizing those who have served for two years. These propositions only garnered support from 17% and 22% of respondents, respectively. The Biden administration in the United States has indicated its resources for supporting Ukraine are nearing depletion, with only enough funds left for one more military aid package to be sent by the end of the current month. John Kirby, the spokesperson for the White House National Security Council, emphasized the urgency of the situation, stating there would be no remaining authority for further replenishment after this package. Kirby highlighted the ongoing need for U.S. support to Ukraine and urged Congress to act promptly. The administration is actively seeking congressional approval for President Biden's latest funding request for Ukraine, which includes an additional $60 billion as part of an emergency spending bill. This bill also encompasses aid for Israel, a provision that enjoys broad bipartisan support. The evacuation of a community escaping floodwaters in far north Queensland continues as authorities switch from response to recovery after days of record rainfall and damaging winds. Some areas of far north Queensland have had 2,000 millimeters of rain during the past seven days as ex-tropical cyclone Jasper left residents stranded. Cooktown, north of Cairns, is taking residents from the nearby Aboriginal community of Rujal Bujal, despite being low on supplies. It's hoped 120 people can be evacuated on December 19th, with operations expected to continue into December 20th if necessary. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour.
This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thank you, James. That's great. Five minutes past six, and uh, you know we are having all sorts of problems with um, internet access at the moment. So uh, yes, so that'll be why that'll be why you're sort of coming and going. Um, anyway, we might play a bit of music today, and uh, I'll just be looking at headlines because I can't I can't click on anything. So <laughs> just as well I did a refresh before it went out. Adam wasn't created as a baby, so could God have done the same thing with the Earth? Well, to some extent, there's some there's something in this because. God created a, a productive earth. It wasn't a rock rock that had to form soil and then eventually grow trees. It was actually a productive place. So the soil's already there, the trees are already growing, the people were already there, they could talk and they didn't have to learn to talk and things like that. So it was a going concern. So there's an appearance of age. But that doesn't extend to God planting fossils in the ground and false indications of age that chemists lead us. That wouldn't be something God would do. No, quite right. Yes, that's uh, absolutely quite right. Um, right, okay. So, yeah, no, we are having all sorts of funny problems there on the internet. Can't see anything, can't can't give you weather. Don't know what's going on with weather. Oh, yeah, there is a bit of weather here. This is, uh, it probably wasn't, hasn't changed. We won't worry about temperatures because they're not up to date. But the short forecast, firstly for Northland, Auckland, Wake. Waikato, Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty and Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Uh, mostly fine weather today, but isolated light showers in Northland, Auckland and Waikato. Uh, Waitomo, Wellington, including the central high country and Wairarapa. Cloudy periods with long fine spells this afternoon. For Marlborough and uh, Nelson and Canterbury as well, uh, fine weather, uh, areas of morning cloud. It's going to be a hot day in land Canterbury as well. Otago and Southland, partly cloudy today. Scattered light rain developing this morning as well. In Buller and Westland, also Fiordland, you've got a cloudy cloud gradually increasing. Rain developing in Fiordland in the morning and spreading north to the glaciers from the afternoon. And for the Chathams, cloud increasing with drizzle possible, the, possible possibly this evening. Now, um, so what can we do now? I suppose we have a look at Sky News because we have a lot of people that listen to us in, in Australia. And so we've got a court. They, they have ordered. This is, oh, by the way, we're over at uh, skynews.com.au, Sky News Australia, and uh, court orders terrorist Abdul Nasser Ben Brika. He's to be released from prison. So Ben Brika will be released on Tuesday. So that will be when well, it's Tuesday. That's funny. It'll be next week. Uh, making the uh, It's going to be marking the end of the near two-decade stay in prison. 20 years they've had that guy there. Uh, also in crime, <laughs> five men charged with more than $1 billion of cocaine seized in Sydney's northwest. New South Wales police have seized more than a billion dollars worth of cocaine after foiling an alleged kidnapping attempt in Sydney's northwest, and the sous chef charged over the alleged fatal stabbing of a Canberra zoo worker. And who else we've got here in Australia? Um, we've got a husband of mum who killed family, sues her health professionals. You should sue them because I guarantee she was on psyche, psychedelic drugs as well. <laughs> psychedelic. The devastated husband of uh, to, it's a place called. Tull, Tull, Tullamarine, looks like. Tullamarine. I, I'm sorry, guys. I hope, I'm just hopeless. I can't read all right. <laughs> I can sort of scribble. <laughs> um, her name, it was, she's a mum. Her name is Katisha uh, Pernovich, Pernonovic, I should say, Pernonovic. And she suffered a psychotic episode and killed her three children. But like that, we had that happen here. An English woman came over, a doctor, her and her husband are both doctors. And that was in Timaru in 2021. So they got over here and um, she killed the three kids, two kids. Was it two or three? I think she you know, smothered them. And um, 
she had a, must have had a psychotic episode as well. And you can guarantee she was on psychiatric drugs as well. So, yes, he is. He is um, suing his, um, the, the doctor, his wife's doctor, and the hospital for negligence. Good on you. So you should. Um, and we've got Zempelas defends uh, Western Australia's rich history with Test cricket amid poor crowds. Perth Lord Mayor Basil Zempelis, he insists the Western Australia's, they love test cricket. And, um, oh, water boiling. <laughs> I'll just finish this and then I'll go and stop that water. I've got to watch out for the old LPG. They, you know, there's not that much of it around. 10 past 6 too, by the way. And so anyway, this they apparently the Western Australians, they love the test cricket. And uh, they've pointed to the state's rich history. That's what he does. The rich history where, uh, with the game. Uh, as it res- it, it res- blah, 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 as it responds to criticism of the attendance at the first Pakistani test, uh, it mustn't have turned up. Okay, look, we're back in a minute. I'm just going to stop that water boiling because you know time time is money, and also um, water uh, LPG is money as well. So I'll be back shortly. Doesn't ice core dating prove that the Earth is older than the Bible says it is? Well, the deep time dating of the ice cores is based on correlations with the seafloor sediments because you can't actually see annual layers, the time frame they're claiming, hundreds of thousands or millions of years. And so they're trying to correlate it with seafloor dating, but the trouble is the seafloor sediments are not millions of years old. There's um, manganese nodules at the top of the sediments in the seafloor which and then it actually decreases you go down and very few down deep if this was laid down slowly and gradually over millions of years there'd been manganese nodules all the way through so i recommend uh this look up manganese nodules on creation.com and you'll find the strong evidence that the seafloor sediments are all wrong so therefore the ice core dating is wrong and the whole thing's very questionable it's very it's fascinating isn't it i i find that interesting i'm glad i found those Australian um, people, Australian, and it's good to have an Aussie accent too on the radio f- for a change instead of everything's American, isn't it? American, this and that and the other. Um, well, look, we'll play a song in a minute, um, Mustang Sally. No, we had his easy top one earlier, we won't do that. The Perry Band, that's quite good. I just just want to have a quick listen to it. Oh, no, not really. We won't, we won't do that. We'll do something else. Sarah Buxton, what about that? No, that's a bit old. No, we won't do that. We'll just carry on with the news, and um, then we might. I'll, I'll find a song for us. So anyway, um, what other what other things we have? Oh, AFL Legends house was robbed. This is the Australian Federal. Uh, oh no, no, no. What's an AFL? That's um, a football league, isn't it? Australian Football League legend's house was robbed while family slept, apparently. The AFL legend, Brian Taylor, he's revealed that his Toyota Land Cruiser was allegedly stolen from his Fitzroy home last weekend and uh, now, and also how his sons conducted a citizen's arrest. Good on them. And we've got the sous chef, barefoot investor, a drops a shock Christmas advice amid shaky economy. Best-selling barefoot investor. Oh, yes, I'm halfway. You can look at that. It's over at um, skynews.com.au. You can look at it later when, when we get back online. Let's have a look and see how many. See if I've got 4G yet. Haven't even got. Haven't even got 3G. I don't think. Let's let me see. No, nothing. Gosh, hopeless. I, I doubt anyone can even hear me. Anyway, but but we are being recorded. So I, I will. I will once the thing gets cranking again. I will put it up. So we'll just keep talking. Just pretend that we're on air. Pretend we're talking to someone. <laughs> it's bad enough just sitting in your in your studio just talking away and you can't see your listeners. I have to imagine that I'm just talking to a group, of, you know, a couple of friends or something like that, having a coffee, sitting around. 
looking at the newspaper, sort of you know, whinging about <laughs> about stuff. Okay, so what do we do now? Try and make it interesting, Grant. Okay, I'll do that. I'll try and make it interesting. Um, oh, yeah, we've got some top stories over at um, Radio New Zealand. We'll go back. Oh, no, we won't go there. We've been there. Um, we've done News Hub, haven't we? have done them to death. Oh, New Zealand Herald, what have they got? My precious... Man sues fiance <laughs> for forty five thousand dollar engagement split. We didn't didn't I think the Radio New Zealand had that as well earlier, didn't they? I went behind the scene at Auckland Airport. This one thing totally surprised me. We don't know. I can't click on it because if I do, I don't know what it's all about. And the head, the headlines are too small. And then we've got that Grant Robertson. Gosh, he's a oh, he's a disgustful, disgusting looking creature, isn't he? Clever. Workarounds, Labour reveals list of 155 fiscal cliffs left by National. What do you mean? You guys have been running the country for the last six years. Don't blame National. National, I think, are doing a National Act and the other one, um, Winston Peters. As far as the economy goes, I think they're doing the best they can to get things back going again. And apparently, uh, Jerry Brownlee is doing a very good job. He's off to a good start as the Speaker of the House as well. So that's good. Um, more news in business now. City Rail Link fight. YMCA, that's the Young Men's Christian Association, if you don't know what that means. Christian Association, they want $18 million. They wanted $18 million. Auckland uh, Council offered 262000 That's all they're getting because that's where, they just don't have the money. We don't, we don't have any more money. So there we are. Uh, Simon Wilson, Toyota Corolla Principal, uh, principal of Planning. What's that about? I don't know. It's politics. Simon Wilson, the Toyota Corolla Principal of Planning. So, oh, I think I've heard about that. Yeah, it's just some principle of planning. <laughs> um, and then we're down to lifestyles. Gosh, we're really scratching the bottom of the barrel here. Dad files police report after boy allegedly assaulted at a public swimming pool. And uh, fifteen, the last 15-minute entertainment must, must-haves. Last... 15 last minutes, rather. See, I'm dyslexic. Look at this. Whatever, however you say it, you know, that one where you can't read. Um, I put the words around the other way. It's, it happens all the time. You just have to tolerate it. I'm sorry about that. It's just the way it is. I just, you know, I'm doing this. All right, I'm doing it. Um, 15 last minute entertainment must haves for Christmas Day, uh, from candles to carving up. Oh, forget it. I mean, it's just all pagan ceremony. Why do we bother with it? It's nothing to do with Christmas, really. Well, it is Christmas. I mean, Christ Mass. I mean, what a what a blasphemy. Jesus didn't. He he wasn't born on twenty fifth of December. It's the pagan high day. For goodness' sake, why are we do? Why do we do this? No wonder the Jews must just laugh at us, mustn't they? Now, uh, twin of Prince Louis, twin of Prince Louis, Princess Kate. She shares a throwback Christmas photo. Oh, this is more rubbish, isn't it? Christmas. I hate Christmas. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it because I know it's it's nonsense. And it's just about making money. Are oh, you grumpy old Scrooge? Yes, that's me. Look, the Otago Daily Times can't even get anything out of that. It's all, it's, it's like going back to the old days, you know, when you used to have, um, oh, you know, just like lines of blue. <laughs> and then they go sort of like a slight pinkish color when you click on it. It's, that's how bad it is. There's no graphics at all. Well, there's no graphics, but I wonder if I can read some headlines. It's, let's see. Tapapa has announced it's reviewing a controversial exhibition, part of which was damaged by protesters last week. Um, Hipkins and Luxon clash over a lively question time. And in lively question time. And Hipkins and Luxon clash. You know, we've got that. Repeat. Gymnastic club shocked by the coach's sex offending. We've got all that. These are all old stuff. No coronial inquiry into constable's death. Got that. Kmart apology after a mum accused of shoplifting. That's old news. 
came out, repeated it. Uh, police, they comb a park for clues after a man was found dead. That's in West Auckland. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, uh, police in hazmat suits continue to comb the park in West Auckland. Yeah, there you go, overnight. 24 hours after the man was found dead in the car park. And New Zealand beat Bali for for Aussies. What is that? Don't know. Got no, no writing in it. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, New Zealand has been named as the number one international travel destination for Australians this summer. I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? Knock, I must be scraping. I must be right down the bottom of the page or something. Um, they've been knocked. They knocked out Indonesia. Well, who'd want to go to a Muslim country anyway? Imagine if you just made, made a mistake. Imagine if someone put some some dope in your bag or something and wanted you to carry it through customs and they lock you away forever or cut, or, you know, kill you, they shoot you, don't they? Put a throw a sheet over you and and shoot at it. <laughs> They do. Um, anyway, so apparently New Zealand's the place to go for the Aussies. And a cruise battle at a sawmill blaze. Oh, that's oh, that's not what you want, is it? Hopefully it's wet wood. Uh, fire crews from across the northern Christchurch have been fighting a, a fire at a sawmill in Belfast overnight. And a grandfather who left New Zealand age two, well, we talked about him, this is the Australian grandfather. He was being deported back to New Zealand. Um, he's been living in Australia for decades in criminal offending. Just an absolute terrible human being we don't really want them here they should really just put them in some kind of a tent city somewhere you know and just sort of get them doing hard labor get them used to the routine you know because i think if people go get into a routine of doing the right thing um it, you can turn them around but it takes a bit of work and you know and everyone's too they're all pussyfoot around people don't they now and they sack that guy who was um he's the head of um um oh, they he apparently he took redundancy they call it t pukang Tipukinga, uh, he's announced that uh, he's the chief executive there, Peter Winder. He's been made redundant. Well, that's because they've, they haven't got any money left, have they? Selling off buildings. Kids don't want to go. Their parents are wised up. They don't want to send their kids off to these places where they're going to be indoctrinated with leftist rubbish teaching, aren't they? 19 past six, and um, I, I think we might play a bit of music, actually, because I can't really do much with the... Um, you know, not much happening on the news, is there? Just reading the same old stuff. This is a nice one. Willie, no, oh no, Willie Nelson, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? He must be 90 or something, is he? I think he's 90 something. I know you can't hear me. There's no point in me. You know, I'm getting a text. Let's have a look at the text. So I did get a text through earlier. I've got one here for Matt, I think. Matt gave me some money. Matt, Matt is a wonderful human being. Um, I think he's down on Paraparam. Or up in Paraparam, wherever you are in the country, and pretty sure that's where he is, just north of Wellington. And he's a tradie, and he listens to me. I don't know. I don't, gosh, you need a medal. <laughs> you need a medal to listen to me. But anyway, he gave me twenty-five bucks worth. In fact, he reckons it's only worth two cups of coffee because co- coffee's worth more than that now. But anyway, so that was f- each cup of coffee on the buy me a coffee is five dollars, and he and he gave me twenty-five. Good on you, Matt. And also, he's picked me up on something here. I've See if I can find it. Um, you yeah, talk about the cricket. Remember, I was making a hash of the cricket yesterday because I don't know anything about cricket. The only time I played cricket, I think I was about five years old. <laughs> Some guys were playing cricket, and they and I said, "Oh, that's really amazing! Can I have a go?" You know. <laughs> um, so what's I? Yeah. So there we go. That's old Matt. So he said, um, "Now, um, um, well, he says, oh, well, thank you, Grant, for putting an awesome effort into your radio show. Oh, that's very kind of you.'" Oh, that's very kind of you. You're a good guy, mate. Now, um, this is about cricket. So, uh, so a golden duck is getting the batter out first ball. 
So he faces, that's the first ball he faces. So if, he, if they get him out with that first bowl, that's a golden duck. And that's without him scoring any runs. So, yeah, so the first ball, first ball rather, not ball, ball, first ball. Is that the first time they throw the ball at you um, with an overarm? <laughs> or does that just mean that you, you, you get the guy out and he doesn't get to make any runs? I'm not quite sure whether it's the first ball. Now I've gone and lost the whole screen. Here we go. So I'll read it again. Uh, so first of all, he says here, a duck in cricket is when the batter gets out without him getting any runs. A golden duck is getting the batter out on the first ball of the match without any runs. Oh, okay. First ball of the match. Now, does that mean first ball? That's that's the thing. He says he got a bit wrong, so he sent me another text here. A golden duck is getting the batter out first ball he faces. Oh, okay. Without him scoring any runs. And a royal duck is getting the batter out the first ball of the match. Okay, so that's the royal duck. <laughs> You'd need to duck, wouldn't you? Yeah, and I said, thank you very much for sending me those five cups of coffee. He says, yeah, mate, enjoy. You know, with the price of coffee these days, it's really only about two cups. <laughs> yeah, I still appreciate it, Matt. You're a great guy for doing that. And um be good if some other people did Oh, no, not really. I don't survive. I don't expect anything from anyone. I thought I put it there because apparently they say that's what you do. <laughs> I'm not expecting any money. I mean, there's so many people out there asking for money, isn't there? So there's plenty of choice. I don't know why anyone would, but obviously I bring him a bit of joy. And um, I think Matt's part Maori as well, and he still tolerates me with my racist ways. I'm not really racist. I love the Maori people. I mean, we come from a long line of Maoridom. And our family, my, my uncle Ernie, he was a Maori, he was an interpreter uh, at the Beehive. And um, he was a missionary, actually. And Barry Smith actually mentioned him. But I did hear a story about him that wasn't very savoury. And so... Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't like to repeat it just in case it's not true. don't like speaking ill of the dead either. But um, apparently Barry Smith said he's a wonderful guy, and Barry Smith actually learnt quite a bit from my Uncle Ern. He's not really my uncle. What would he be? He'd be my grandfather's... He'd be my great-grandfather's... He'd be my great-grandfather's... One of his sons. So that would be one of my... So my grandfather's brother's son... Yeah, that's who it is. My grandfather's brother's son, Ernie, and he was a missionary uh, and a, an evangelist. And yeah, apparently he had quite an influence on Barry Smith, who I absolutely love. I don't agree with all the stuff, you know, all that stuff, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all that. I, I'm sort of not, I really think all those signs and wonders, although Barry seems to seems to think it works. And he's such a credible guy to me. And I sort of, I give him the benefit of the doubt, really. Even though I don't really agree with it, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I haven't really experienced anything like that. You know, people being healed and all that. Not really. Um, I don't sort of see all that. I just find all that, um, you know, a bit off-putting, really. Uh, and I know that they did that. I, I believe the Bible, and they did that in the first century. And, you know, definitely. And when Jesus was around, I mean, he, he, he did. He healed the sick. He made the lame walk again, and the blind see again. And um, raise people from the dead, and the disciples did the same. But they're all Jews, you see, and uh, I think that that's the thing. I think there were always Jews present, even when Cornelius, even when Peter went to Cornelius's house, that was the Roman centurion. Inside the house there, 
um, the Holy Spirit descended upon them and they started speaking in tongues, different language. Basically, tongues just means a different language, you know, your mother tongue. So that's all it is. They don't interpret that because they make it sound, <laughs> want to make it sound a bit more, I don't know, a bit more souped up or something. They don't, yeah, they just leave it the same. But they spoke in a different tongue. So, in other words, and an unknown an un known language just simply means a language you haven't learnt but they like to make out it means an angel's language or something like that but um but it, i don't think so i think there's i think there's a lot of um charlatanism going on in the modern churches today especially in the charismatic churches in the pentecostals i don't know all i see really when i think about it from an early age all i saw was those movements really just destroyed really good Churches, you know, like the Open Brethren, just went through there, sp- split it up. Not the exclusive Brethren, not the ones that wear the headscarves twenty four seven. Well, not twenty four seven, but they, they won't go out without one. And I can see why they do that, and they won't eat with you. But I can't see why. I can't see any biblical. I can't see anywhere in the scriptures where it says that you shouldn't be eating with people. That's that's not right. So I don't know why they do that. And they and they drink like fish. <laughs> they they hit the top shelf. They think boozing. They say and they say, oh, as long as you don't get drunk. But I think there's a, quite a bit of drunkenness going on there. It's pretty. I mean, you're drinking the spirits, boy. It's not. Don't, it only takes one or one of those, and you know you're a bit whoops, whoopsy woozy. Um, yeah. And also the charismatics. They went through the Baptists. You know, destroyed. They basically just split churches. So I don't see that as a good thing. So I don't think that's the way to go. And it even it even wrecked the relationship that my father had with his brother, my uncle Arnott. He he became him and his wife Ruth, they became sort of Pentecostal, charismatic or whatever back in the you know, sixties I think. And I, I think even my grandfather kind of well, he he was he used to go along to the Brethren Church. I don't think he did go down that way, but I mean, just to listen to him in the morning meeting he'd be like, Hey man, you know, <laughs> he was pretty vocal. Um, he really uh, he loved the Lord, my granddad. Yeah, I would have loved to spend more time with him. You know what I mean? Do you do you wish you spent more time with those that have passed on, that have gone to be with the Lord, or if you're unbelieving listening, they've you know, gosh, where have they gone? They just, the Bible says the dead know nothing. So obviously, people that don't don't know that don't know the Lord, they're not saved. They just lie in the grave and wait for the great white throne judgment, which. You know, from now on, it can't come until at least a thousand and seven years for them. So they sit there. But for us believers, well, we could be caught up to meet the Lord at any moment, <laughs> any second. Now I'm expecting to go. It'll be a um, it'll be a cloudy day, I think, because the Bible says that we'll be caught up together with them that have raised up from the dead. They rise up first. You see, that's what it says. And first, don't take my word for it. I'm not making it up. First Thessalonians chapter. Four, and you can also read a bit more. That adds a bit more tapestry. Go to First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, and you'll also find the gospel in there as well. I mean, I don't make this stuff up. I just tell you what the Bible says. You know, I think that's you know, if you're going to be a Bible believer, you've got to actually believe the words on the page. There's no, there's no point in just listening to what other people tell you the Bible says. That would be the worst mistake because you get the you get the, to the judgment seat imagine if you don't make it and you end up going to the great white throne judgment you know nobody gets out of there without getting cast into the lake of fire probably then no one you know everyone goes to hell when you come when you wake up there and go to that standing there before Jesus Christ the one that you that you use as a swear word is going to be the judge and so we we all be you know we don't we don't I don't want you going there that's why we, that's why we preach that's why Christians we share the hope that's within us because we actually do care about mankind 
I mean, I know sometimes I think I hate, can't stand. I I hate going to town. I do. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't stand people. Really, I've, I'm getting that way. It's not. It's bad. Shouldn't be this. This is not good. I'm working on it, trying to come right, because you know we're supposed to love everyone. But I don't know. Does God love everyone? So people say, oh, you know, yes, he loves everyone, but I don't know if he does. Have a look at Psalms. You can find the book of Psalms by just holding the Bible out in front. I learnt this from Barry Smith. You just hold the Bible out, let it fall open in the middle, and that's the Psalms. There you go. What was I talking about? Uh, yeah, Psalms. Then turn to chapter 5, verse 5. It says, I think it says, God hatest all workers of iniquity. You know, people say God hates sin, but I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. If you look at a King James Bible, it says he hates the workers of sin. What's iniquity? That's sin, isn't it? Same thing, isn't it? It's just another name for sin. So God hates those that do do sin. And yet, it seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? For God so loved the world. Is that, but does that mean for God so loved every man? I don't know. I think the Bible says we're enemies of the Lord until we become Christians, until we we have that spiritual birth. Because I think what happens is you become, you're born perfect. And that we read that in Psalms 51.5. King James, if you read it in NIV and all the other corruptions, well, you'll think you're born evil. That's where that doctrine comes from, because it's Alexandrian text reading, which is, you know, where that was where Augustine got all his crazy teaching from. But if you read Psalms 51.5 um, in a proper Bible, a King James Bible, it says that um, David's mother, there was some sin there with her. It's not nothing to do with the baby. But it says we're born perfect, and then so obviously we live this... Life, and then we start doing naughty things, don't we? So, I mean, we learn it from other kids, you know. We parents actually teach you; they parents teach you to be um, demanding, don't they? As soon as you, as soon as you cry, mum runs to, <laughs> runs to the bedroom. So, it's very easy to teach your children just by simple things like that, just to be um, selfish, really. We, mum, mum, mums and dads teach the doting parents the worst things out. Just leave them, put them in a room, turn the light out, shut the door, let them cry. They don't cry for long. <laughs> that's what I would say anyway. Yes, that's what we did. We didn't do that with the first one. Oh, didn't get us didn't get to bed, didn't get to sleep for like a, a year, couldn't have a proper sleep. And then we learnt this old lady, this lovely old nurse, she said, just put the baby down, dear. That's what she said to my wife. Just put her down and leave her. When she cries, just let her cry. Because what happens is they wake up in your arms. Um Rather, if you put them to sleep in your arms, if you're holding them all the time, and you know, because you're trying to stop the baby crying, because you know, you're out with friends or whatever, but um, they fall asleep in your arms, and then you lay them down, they wake up. And, uh, or if you, if they manage to put them into the cot, they wake up, and, they, and they're not in your arms, and then they cry. So if you just put them in the cot, you know, and they just let them cry, and then they stop after a while. Neighbors don't like it, <laughs> but it's just too bad. You know, it's the way it is, isn't it? The sound of a baby crying can be irritating, <laughs> except when it's your own. You know, when it's your own, you love them. Even their poop's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You'll see this tendency for women to, and I hear older women talk about this too. I just want to do something for myself. And it's funny because when men do selfless things, they're a lot less narcissistic with it, and they don't look at it as a burden. They look at it as a duty. Where when women tend to do things like for the family, they look at it as a detriment. They hold resentment to the people that hold back their decision. They do. That's Pearl, and you can find Pearl over at uh, what is it now? YouTube, the Tube of You. Twenty-eight minutes to seven, and I don't even know if we've got. We're going to have TNT Radio News. It says it's going because I mean I pick it up on a stream. It's only one hundred twenty-eight kilobytes a second, so um, 
looks as though it is going. So we might we might get some news. It could be delayed news. So I better I better um, it might not happen until after seven o'clock. But who knows? Gosh, this looking beautiful out there. Blue sky, uh, just a slight bit of cloud there today. Yesterday got an awful lot of fencing done. It was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and uh, the place is really starting to come alive now you know it's starting to really take shape i can see it the worst thing you can do is actually start planting trees before you've laid out the property that's and it can take a while on a farm to lay out a property we've been i've been at it three years uh, but then i injured myself and i couldn't really work properly for about a year and i'm i'm pretty good now pretty much do everything still a few aches and pains um after the fall i had i fell over with some steel my son was at one end it was a quite a heavy piece of steel in the old language it was um four inch by four inch by a quarter of an inch in the new language uh, and it was eight meters long which is what's eight meters that's about 20 something feet isn't it 28 feet or something like that 29 foot six would be th- it'd be nine meters so yeah it's about 28 it's uh hang on eight meters long how long would that be 27 feet somewhere somewhere around there eh? yeah about 27 28 feet and so my son was at one end and this thing weighs you know well over 100 kgs and we and i didn't because we got a new brand new workshop and um my son and i built it and he gosh he did a good job he's really clever that kid honestly everything's all worked out with all with mathematics he uses mathematics you know and pie and all this sort of stuff <laughs> I, I got no idea I just use my fingers you know and um, and I've been building for years you know but just doing it my, and they look alright now basically all, all I do is I look at it and I've set it up there and then I stand back and, and just eye it up oh yeah it looks straight it looks straight always check everything with your eye just in case you make a mess of it it's easy to do that but anyway so it does take a while to get things done but um getting back to that accident you know i fell over some dunnage which is just wood and it was about sort of like four inch by four inch which is 100 by 100 maybe yeah, about that high and i didn't see it then i tripped on the thing while i was holding onto the other end of this big chunk of steel and fell backwards and gave myself about three hernias and one of them is still slightly bothering me but this is the your body can heal itself I didn't bother with the doctor. I went to the specialist, and he said, "Oh, blah blah blah." And he said, "Oh, you know, you, you might you might not actually be any better if I put mesh in there. They're going to put mesh." And then I read about all these women that they're actually stopping um, them putting mesh in women. I think because they've I don't know something happens to them. They have to have mesh in there and, and down the bottom there to hold everything in and um, just lose a bit of weight. <laughs> and then I said, "What if I lost a whole lot of weight?" And he said, "No, that could actually make it worse." Well, that's what he said. But I can't see that that's correct, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I think he just wanted to keep me as a patient because they get a lot of money, you know, for an operation. And ACC was going to cover just the one of the hernias. It wouldn't cover all of them. And I've never had a hernia in my life. But, uh, so the inguinal one, they weren't going to carry um, cover the belly button one, which is, what do they call that, um, umbilical hernia. Then I had a femoral hernia as well, according to the specialist, and which I knew I had. I mean, you know your body. When you When you study homeopathy, you do tend to know your body a bit better than most people um, because you know although you're, you're sort of acutely attuned to uh, symptoms anyway so um, you know so I decided not to not to do anything and just to basically uh, lose a bit of weight and I only I didn't lose set out to lose weight actually uh, well I thought well I won't eat yeah I thought well I'll just sort of well, actually, you know, I couldn't even do any exercise. I actually, when my son was here, there was times when I would just have to go and lie, lie down. Um, and, you know, a trailer which I could build in a few days, 
was taking me weeks to build. Um, the last trailer I built, which was months ago, and I sort of put off building any more trailers for people uh, over the summer because I really need that time on the farm to get the infrastructure right. But anyway, I put it off. It took me three months. I normally build, it was a big trailer, 11 metres, at least 11, I think it was 10.8 or 11 metres, somewhere around there. Big trailer, big with uh, three axles and um, yeah, six wheeler, brakes on the first, the front one and the middle one. And uh, I think the yeah the area was um, just it was about nine meters. So overall, it's about you know ten meters something. Anyway, and I, but I built them up to nearly twelve meters. The maximum you can go is twelve and a half from the toe ball. That's from the tongue we call it, from the tongue to the very end. But you've also got to allow. But you've got other things that come into play as well. You can't have your trailer any more than four meters from the centre of the axles to the back of the building, not just the trailer. So you've got to probably allow 100 mil for overhang and stuff like that. Um, so that's four metres maximum. So 12.5 overall from the tongue to the back of the building um, and four metres from the back of the building to the centre of the tandem or the centre of the triaxle. So it'd be the centre wheel. Can't be more, more than four. And that means that you've got one heck of a long distance between your wheels and the tongue. Uh, which is hitch, the hitch, you know, which goes onto the vehicle. That's a long, and that puts a lot of weight. I mean, there could be over a ton. I mean, the, really, you, you need a tractor or some serious truck to be towing these things on the road. But people do. I don't know. They do it. I suppose they do it to get around the council. Um, you know, if it's on wheels. Um, there's been a ruling that here in New Zealand, um, it's right across the country. This guy went to the High Court and won the case because councils were trying to say, oh no, that's actually not a vehicle. Um, that is actually a building and um, we need to see and then they started doing things like you know, every council did the stupid things they're just trying to get more money out of people and they would say um, unless it's got a warrant of fitness or unless it's registered and all that which they have no jurisdiction over whatsoever you just tell them to get knotted get get off the property and trespass you um, anyway this ruling of the high court says that uh, if they are um, completely self-contained and they're on wheels they're a vehicle they don't have to be registered they don't have to be warranted they're a vehicle and uh, that was a ruling that, that um, took care of the whole country, the whole of New Zealand. So that's why people are still doing tiny house trailers. And then the councils brought out some new rules that said you could have a building that was um, 30 square metres. It used to be smaller than that. I think it was like 10 square metres or something without a permit, this is. Uh, but still, you can't put a kitchen in it. I think you can't put a stove in it. Um, and you can't put any, any plumbing of really. It's really just a sleep out sort of thing. Um, garden shed so they'll allow you to do stuff like that but people are they're still people are illegal so really you have to have a trailer under it you think people think that um, you know that the new rules that you can build a 30 square meter out outhouse sort of a shed they think that you can get away with it but you won't get away with it if a neighbor pots you and it's really only a neighbor the, I mean the, I don't think the councils are running around you know like spying on you looking to see if who's got illegal buildings although they can't they do look at everything they've got that um that software, they look at stuff from the aeroplanes fly over and take photographs and then they tile it all together and that's the, the information that Google have, they put it all together. It's not, it doesn't come from satellites, it's just basically aircraft um, that, at high altitude. You know, I, I think most of the commercial flights are actually taking photographs and then those digital photos are sent to Google or whoever it is that does the maps. They tile it all together in a tiling program and then they turn it into um, into these uh, what they call satellite photographs that's how I think they do it it's 20 minutes to 7 
Um, now, what was he talking about now? We're talking about um, council, yeah, with that sort of thing. So f- 30 square metres now. So you could build something that's, I don't know, what would that be? Six metres long by three metres. Um, five, fives, 25. Yeah, so a bit longer. So yeah, it's quite a good size, isn't it? But you can't go too wide if you want to put it on the trailer. Really, three metres is as wide as you ever want to go. And your trailer can't be any, wi- any wider than 2.55. That's two metres 550 and I make them slightly less just in case you know uh, you know slightly narrow I think I go 2.545 something like that just to be on the safe side although they do allow for the bulge so you can go over and but it's when you get the warrant they check here that's the thing especially if it's a new one so I always like to be under and they know me now anyway so they know you know I built so many of them they guy goes oh yeah pretty much this is at the testing station but they they do I, I ask them to check just can you please just check everything Cause sometimes they want to let me off but I said no and I just in case I've missed something you know I missed a world or something you mean you can do that when you get old and doddry it's very easy my son he turned out he's the best he's a better welder than me he's very very good but he's um he's a um, he's on the ships you know he's a um, what do you call it a foreign going officer uh on ships I think he's second officer now so that's pretty good, isn't it? That's his qualification anyway. Uh, so yes, uh, he get, they sail all over the place. But I think he wants to stay around New Zealand and um, just work on, on different large ships. Uh, but he's also getting a little bit interested in um, other things as well, you know, to do with um, um, chartering big ships and uh, freight forwarding. That sort of, not so much freight forwarding, but more ship charter. That could be very interesting. So I think he might look at that as a business because obviously when as you get older and you get married you know you probably don't want to be it's probably not the life is it the life of a sailor you're sailing all around the world too much temptation wouldn't there be I don't know it would be for me when I was young I was a shocker I was a shocker I had good parents and still still I went off the rails um, okay now um, it is um, 28 minutes too we haven't got much in the way of news everything's um, let me just see let me see if I've got 4G now again they, sometimes they do so you have to restart it I think it's going to be one of those days actually where we get, we don't get anything hang on I can't even read that what does that say there no it doesn't look like it I'll try and I'll try and do something here let's see if I can let's see I'll do stuff I'll do a refresh on that page and see if it comes up sometimes see no nothing happening there no no just spinning spinning got no idea how many people are listening oh, it's on auto dj there you go it's on auto dj because we've got nothing so nobody's listening to me at the moment so i've got a whole heap of people listening to uh stuff that i've uploaded <laughs> country songs no breakfast show and there's there seems to be more people listening <laughs> than there is listening to me so that tells you something doesn't it perhaps people don't want to hear me gas bagging on probably just drives them nuts so maybe i'd probably get more listeners if i just just played a bit of country music and instead of um, instead of me coming on talking about news and struggling my way through things trying to read things you know a dyslexic newsreader <laughs> oh I don't know let's have a look I'll see if it's uh, no no we've lost connection it's it's trying to reconnect I'll let's I'll just have a I'll see if I can get it going again but needs a kick in the butt here we are I'll try and click on that see if it's going to let me so what's happening is it's connecting to um, the phone but the phone's down so you know we're down so that, so it's just a recording so as soon as we get back online now we're out it's timed out waste of time so as soon as we get back online um, I will upload the recording because fortunately I do have a recording it's a good idea to record everything you do isn't it <laughs> just as well um, 
And we had, do we have news? Oh, did I talk right through the news? Oh, no, we've got, have I got news? Funnily enough, news is still happening, but it'll be delayed, I would think, very delayed. So, um, yeah. I don't think I even did the news. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. I'm, um, it's mucked up my whole morning, really. Anyway, uh, so what else should we do? What else should we play? A country song. There, well, that's what you do, Grant. So we'll forget all about that, and we'll play a country song right now. This is Rascal Flats. They're amazing. Let's have a listen to them. I was lost in darkness and sinking sand. Well, I was barely nothing, a broken man. Then you picked up the pieces of my heart in your hand. Then you came and showed to me love's second chance. Shine on, shine on, shine on me. Whenever something's missing, you're exactly what I need. Your love has shown me the light, but now I finally see. So shine on, shine on, shine on. Lord knows that I'm not perfect, but I sure do try. And I see the man that I can be in your eyes. Well, there are times I still get lost in yesterday. When you put the past behind me and you light my way. Shine on, shine on, shine on me. Whenever something's missing, you're exactly what I School Flats, the last song they did was in 2021, or the last concert they did, I should say, and uh, that was after one of the band members had a, a drunk, I think he was a drink, a drink driving, we call it here, a drunk driving charge, so that would be a DUI, a, a driving under the influence, that's what happened to him, and that really set the cat amongst the pigeons within the band, and uh, gosh, they put out so many songs over such a long period of time. And uh, just, I can't believe how many songs he put out. And what a beautiful voice he's got. 
Absolutely fantastic. Um, is it Jay, that one, who sings like that? I think so. It's one of them anyway. One of them's Jay. I'll look it up. And uh, I used to know. I used to know it off by heart who they were. But their last concert was in 2021. They actually cancelled it, the last concert. And that was it. We haven't done anything. No more music for them. And I don't think he's even done any... Well, any of them have done anything on their own. Just seem to have gone gone back to logging or whatever it is they were doing. <laughs> hey, I've got a new song from Gabby Barrett, which I heard last night, so you won't have heard it. I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty late, and um, I might play that in a minute as well. Uh, let me see if I've if there's any th- news there that I that I have missed that I can bring to you today. Because when you do hear this on the podcast, it will eventually go out. So yeah, we're and most people that are listening right now are on auto DJ. You're listening to us on the Auto DJ, and um, so I'm just talking away here, and uh, you're not, you can't hear me, but you will be able to hear me later on once we get out. Now, we'll go over to Stuff and see what they've got, and there's a photograph of a road there that doesn't look very happy. Um, Taipar, Taipahi, that's State Highway 25A, the bridge there. Uh, Taiparahi, I should say, it's the bridge there. It's, it was opened on Wednesday morning, recommencing access to and from the Coromandel Peninsula. So that was down for ages. There's no inquest into the fatal shooting. I think we talked about that of Constable Matthew Hunt. The coroner said that the police officer murdered. It was an evil, ruthless and incomprehensible act by an individual who showed no regard for human life. So there's no no inquest. Why would there be no inquest? Uh, Passionate restaurateur. uh, Passionate restaurateur. On the go, 70 hours, on the go, 70 hours a week. There was no punctuation. The heading's a bit hard sometimes to read. Um, it, um, he's just 28 years old and uh, is a woman. It must be a woman because there's Vicky here. <laughs> Vicky Kurija, looks like. It could be some foreign name. Kurikya, could be a, that J could be a Y or it could be a J. It looks like Kukrikya. There you go. Um, has worked at his way, Vicky, Victor then it must be, it's a man, and worked his way through the cooking, uh, cooking student to dish hand, to dish hand, then to chef in a restaurant, as a restaurant owner now, uh, and I can't click on it, don't know anything about it, came out at five o'clock, but then we lost the internet, and we've got um, top tips to stay healthy in a hot summer weather countdown Christmas they want to, they want you to put all sorts of stuff on your skin that'll be the worst thing you could do uh, chicken wakes up to surprise Victor as Kiwi moves in what is this chicken wakes up to surprise a visitor <laughs> a group of chickens received a surprise visitor this morning with a North Island brown Kiwi deciding to make itself uh, go to the, to the nest inside the coop well that'd be a nice find wouldn't it if you go in and find a kiwi in there with your chooks, and which reminds me, I've got some new chooks, wonderful new chooks they are, big, great big fatties, they, they can't even get out the chook door, so I have to open up the main door and let them in that way, in and out, so I'll go down a bit later on and get the eggs, hopefully there'll be some eggs. Uh, now, I'm going to just play music for a while, because they're only new, and I want to make sure that they're okay, they've got plenty of water and feed because they're big uh, I've got eight of them and the rooster I quite like having a rooster back I heard him this morning when we went outside to see a man about a dog and um, so in a moment I'll have to go and see another man about a racehorse and I might check the chooks at the same time so let me play uh, some more wonderful music I've got this is the one this is the one I, I think is fantastic I heard it last night I think you'll like it it is called The Good Ones 
He's a phone call to his parents. He's a Bible by the bed. He's the T-shirt that I'm wearing. He's a song stuck in my head. He's solid and he's steady like the Allegheny runs. He knows just where he's going and he's proud of where he's from. One of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. High number of reports, very few cases lead to charges or convictions. In Bangladesh, a train was set on fire by protesters during a nationwide strike organized by the opposition. The strike aims to demand the government's resignation before the upcoming general elections. This incident, which resulted in the deaths of four people, including a 32-year-old woman and her three-year-old son, marks the latest in a series of violent anti-government protests. Since October 28th, when an opposition rally escalated into violence, There have been multiple incidents of buses and vehicles being set ablaze, leading to at least six fatalities. The attack on the train, which was en route to Dhaka from Netrakona, occurred just before reaching its destination, with three compartments engulfed in flames. The number of passengers on board at the time of the incident remains unclear. The evacuation of a community escaping floodwaters in far north Queensland continues as authorities switch from response to recovery after days of record rainfall and damaging winds. Some areas of far north Queensland have had 2,000 millimeters of rain during the past seven days as ex-tropical cyclone Jasper left residents stranded. Cooktown, north of Cairns, is taking residents from the nearby Aboriginal community of Rujal Bajal, despite being low on supplies. It's hoped 120 people can be evacuated on December 19th, with operations expected to continue into December 20th if necessary. Senator John Fetterman responded to reports that Pittsburgh-based industrial giant U.S. Steel is being purchased by a Japanese company for $15 billion by promising to do everything he can to block it. For the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too, and we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thanks, James. Five minutes past seven with Grant Edwards, and uh, I'll be back in a minute with weather for the whole country. The number one rule for success in, in business, personal lives, cut your losses. When you realize you made a mistake, bad investment, bad hire, bad relationship, cut your losses quickly. The faster you cut your losses, fail fast, the uh, faster you can start doing things that are much more productive. Absolutely right. Five and a half minutes past seven. Good morning. And uh, yes, in and out with the internet today, but it's actually going like a train at the moment. It's absolutely flying. So we're we're back on the radio, but um, we're not streaming out on. Um, we're not going out on on was it Rumble or, or, or Twitter or anything like that. Okay, the extremes for the country: Napier, nineteen point four degrees right now. Banks Peninsula, nine point two degrees. That's the lowest temperature. Castle Point's the windiest with forty four kilometres of wind per hour. And Auckland, that is the wettest place right now on the North Shore. One millimetres of rain is falling right now. That's one millimetre per hour. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Waikato. Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, also for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Mostly fine today with isolated light showers in Northland, Auckland and Waikato. For Waikato to Wellington, including the central high country and Wairarapa, cloudy periods, long fine spells this afternoon. For Nelson, Marlborough, Canterbury, fine apart from areas of morning low cloud. 
a hot day for inland Canterbury. For Otago and Southland, cloudy periods with scattered light rain developing this morning. And for Buller, Westland and Fiordland, cloudy, gradually increasing rain developing in Fiordland in the morning and spreading north to the glaciers from the afternoon. And finally for the Chathams, cloud increasing with drizzle possible this evening. There we are. And um, so I'm not sure what to do, whether we'll just um, play a bit of music or we'll see how we go. It looks, looks as though everything's all back online, so I'll have a look at the newspapers and see if there's anything new I can bring you while you're on your way to work. Uh, or what else, what are you doing? You might have just come home from night shift and just climbed into bed. <laughs> listen to the, listen to the half foot on the radio. But, uh, yeah, it makes you think maybe we should just carry on with that pirate idea with the pirate radio station. You know, I'm not sure how we'll do it yet. Microwaves and things. Apparently there's ways you can do it so they can't track you. It could be good, but don't tell anyone. Hey, why not give TNT Radio a follow? We sure would love you to do that. We're on all the social, major social platforms, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, now X, Instagram, Gab, and Getter, among others. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yeah, put the mic on. And that's wonderful Steve Hook. I like him. He's fantastic. Now, we're over at Radio New Zealand again, and we've got some new pictures. Space Race puts pressure on New Zealand Defence Force. (laughs) Space Race. New Zealand is in a group of allies the US has asked to stump up more money for military satellites. See, that's that. I just think that's a big scam. I really do. The military satellites, it's all, it's, yeah, oh, I don't know. Well, they're, they're not actually in space. They're just flying around in the terrarium. That's what I think anyway. Unqualified teaching staff in schools double since 2019. The number of unqualified people working at, as school teachers has more than doubled since COVID-19 pandemic began, and three of them are principals. They're not qualified. Unbelievable. Man loses his legal bid to reclaim the $45,000 diamond engagement ring after he split with his fiancée. <laughs> and um, a threat made to release private health details to Water Aura, that's New Zealand Health. The revelation comes after the agency initially said that there were no identifying details in the data. Now, what is this? Is this to do with Barry? Is this Barry? There's no mention of it. Let's Let me see. Oh, no, I think it is. I think it is. Um, see, they're trying to make out that he's going to release private details, but it's absolutely rubbish. Let's have a look. I haven't looked at any of this, so we'll just look at it together. So Te Wata Ora, which is New Zealand Health, they say that there has been a threat on social media to release private health details. Te Wata Ora has revealed a small number of people may have been identified in stolen COVID-19 vaccine data. See, this is how they're trying to make it make out, isn't it? They're trying to make out that it's stolen. This guy is a, a senior health official for New Zealand for the um, New Zealand Ministry of Health. This is Barry Young. And he went under the name, I think it was the George Orwell name. He just went under for a while there, the Winston Smith. That was him. And so they went and arrested him. But he's he's trying to um, say, look, we've got problems here. We've got uh, major people dying. These The government are killing people with their vaccines. They know they are, uh, but they're running for cover and they're trying to make him look bad this data that he's got it's um it's just a small part because there's lots of there's lots of databases apparently throughout new zealand he was in charge of this one this particular one this is barry barry young keep calling barry smith barry young so let, let me just read on and just see what they say but th- let's look at the spin so to what order which is new zealand health has revealed a small number of people blah blah okay early this month a former staff member released information he was a senior sort of analyst and database guy uh, he released information online, but New Zealand Health said that 
at the time, there was no identifying details. Of course not. It was anonymized, and that's absolutely right. However, its chief executive, Margie Arpa, now says that someone with explicit technical skills may be able to identify a very small number of individuals. Look, this, this is rubbish. Nobody wants to do that, darling. And you know it as well as we do. Nobody wants to, to release personal details of individuals. No one wants to. Okay? We just want, the whole idea of it is, to say that your flipping COVID-19 vaccines have been injuring and killing thousands, millions of people worldwide. Millions of people. And you, and you know that it has been, and you're covering it up. That's what it's all about. No one wants to release personal information. And so this is just a nonsense. So they say, once our forensic work is complete, um, uh, we will contact families of those who could be... Oh, this is, this is more rubbish. This is just a spin. The social media threat breaches the current employment relations authority junction, uh, preventing the data from being published. Well, no one wants to publish... Yeah, look. Man, they are such slimy bastards, aren't they? This makes me so flippin' angry. I am just so furious. This is how they do it. They are guilty of vax murder. That's what's going on. This government are murderers. They know it. They know they have. And they might not have realised that people were dying, but now they know. Because if this information's out there. Winston Peters, you bastard. You get there and you have, a, you have a meeting. You talk to Liz Gunn. You need to come back from bloody Fiji or wherever you are and you just sit down and have a meeting with these people because the, we all voted for you because you said you were going to have a proper inquiry into this. So New Zealand government are vax murderers. They know that they're killing people and they're continuing to do it. There should be just a stop on it right now. I can't believe this is still going on. It's hard to believe that people are either so delusional or so wickedly evil that it's carrying on, it's continuing on. And someone who was a, a wonderful human being, very young, they're trying to demonise him. Uh, it says here, the New Zealand Health Agency also looked into the possibility of a person who leaked the data, took other information. Just, yeah, making it look like a criminal. There is no evidence at this time that this information was shared publicly or with other people. However, we are working with the experts to, pro to provide us with further assurance this information was not shared more widely, said ARPA. She's just reading a speech that's been prepared for by the deep state within the government, the bureaucrats and the health department that are unelected officials. These people actually run it. They're all linked to the United Nations, the World Health Organization. They run our country. Our politicians don't run our country. They do what they're told. To what auras, okay, uh, it has worked with several other government agencies, including using their data experts to help. See, this is not what you should be doing. You should be sitting down with the, the, the whistleblower and uh, getting to the bottom of it, but you don't want to because you know you're, you know you're guilty. ARPA said that it had successfully requested that information be taken down from various... Why? Why? Why are you hiding? It's all an anomalized. Why do you want it taken down for? You don't want people to realize that you've actually been killing, killing New Zealanders. Apparently, as many as ten to 12,000 people have died as a direct result of this vaccine, according to this information. And if you want to know more about it, go over to Steve Kirsch. That's um, Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, Steve Kirsch, Substack.com. You can read about it there. Or you can go to FreeNZ on Rumble. If you go to this, oh, that, yeah, FreeNZ Substack as well. Is that a dot? 
I think it's a dot, yeah, freenz.substack.com. And you'll see one there. And uh, let, let me just let me read this to you because I think it's more important than that. That's just utter propaganda coming out of the government. Utter nonsense. Arpa doesn't know anything about anything. She, she's given a script and she's just reading it. So mass murder, a massacre. It's the only description that is worthy of the bombshell evidence from the New Zealand government whistleblower in Liz Gunn's M-O-A-R, Mother of All Revelations. It is the tragedy of unthinkable magnitude. The evidence that has now come forward from this whistleblower and others shows us that the New Zealand government's role uh, in, in the rollout of the COVID vaccine was not just a crime, it was a massacre. The evidence and implications are inescapable and difficult to comprehend. But what is even more disturbing is that this was no accident. It was and continues to be willful mass murder. The scale of the death and the injury of the people of New Zealand from COVID-19 vaccine that has now been proven beyond any doubt is challenging to think about. It is devastating confirmation that what so many people in New Zealand and around the world have been shouting from the rooftops for so long, but who have been ignored and still being ignored, by the way, ignored and ridiculed by the mainstream media and the government. It is a sad and sorry vindication of those 18,000 New Zealanders who set up camp in their tents and in their cars in front of the parliament in February 2022, who were ignored, demonised and labelled as the river of filth by those who are culpable for this terrible crime. When Liz Gunn forwarded me her interview with the whistleblower and his evidence in advance of the MOAR, the mother of all revelations, drop to get an emotional reality check on what was coming, I thought I was ready for it. But as a patriotic Kiwi who loves his country, it was difficult to mentally and emotionally process what Liz and the whistleblower were showing me. To put the scale of this massacre in some sort of perspective, the number of COVID-19 vaccine deaths in New Zealand now shows by this evidence is 13 times the number of New Zealand deaths at Gallipoli. That's Gallipoli times 13. From the time the vaccine was rolled out in New Zealand, it has been the equivalent of the Christchurch massacre nearly every single day since. Expert statisticians here and in New Zealand rather here in New Zealand, because this guy is in New Zealand, I thought he was from overseas, uh, and abroad, right? So they've got experts, statisticians, we're talking about pe serious people. They have studied the data that Barry, uh, um, Barry um, Young has given them, and they have concluded that the probability of these deaths not being from COVID-19 vaccine are 100 billion to one. In just one particular vaccination centre in Invercargill, 51 people were vaccinated within the space of just two hours. All 51 are now dead. Out of the 837 people who were vaccinated at another vaccination centre, 253 of them are now dead. 30% of everyone who was vaccinated at the centre are now dead. At another vaccination centre, of the 923 people vaccinated there, 276 people are now dead. There were numerous vaccination centres throughout the country and had mortality rates at this sort of level of 30%. This is compared to the normal average mortality rate of just 0.75%, which is what we should be seeing. The data also shows how many fatalities were linked to each individual vaccinator, the person that jabbed the needle in your arm. 
despicable. One vaccinator had a mortality rate of 25% in, that's one in four people. One in four people that got the vaccine from this vaccinator are now dead. Other vaccinators were similar. Their vaccine batches were literally death batches. These numbers are simply off the scale and impossible to interpret any other way than vaccine massacre. Then there are the large bias of numbers of deaths in the South Island versus the North Island. Of the top 20 most deadly vaccination centres in the country, 10 out of those 20, that's the top, the top ones, were in Christchurch alone, and two of them, 10% of the national total. And they were in this tiny little place called Gore, with Ben Bell as the mayor. Meanwhile, only two out of 20 in Auckland were one third of the, where one third of the total population is. This should be statistically impossible by population unless specific vaccine batches were a whole lot more deadly than other branch uh, batches. And that's what it is. That's the way it lo- is looking. I mean, everybody knows somebody in Invercargill that's died, you know, died suddenly. Just it's happening all over the show. You're hearing sirens, aren't you? You hear these ambulances, you know, going off. Remember, remember that. Not so much now, but we we were. But people will still die. This thing will have long term uh, effects. They, they, they know what they're doing. I believe the people that that are um, behind this vaccine, whoever they, whoever they are, the stakeholders that are behind this, uh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're depopulating us. Uh, this is exactly what the data shows. The data shows a very clear picture of certain vaccine batches being death batches, and other batches not so much. Uh, this should not happen unless something very strange and very abnormal is occurring with the vaccine. It requires extremely serious investigation. It certainly does. The whistleblower has unique access to the data in question. He designed and built the database for the New Zealand government, specifically for the COVID-19 vaccine. It is official government data, and it includes extremely detailed COVID-19 vaccine data for 2.2 million Kiwis. This is his one alone. The whistleblower watched in horror over a two-year period as the death rate escalated in front of his eyes until he felt that he had to step forward to expose it. For that, New Zealand's must wholeheartedly applaud and thank him for his courage and morality. It is no small thing what he has done in coming forward like this. Sadly, being a whistleblower is a very dangerous thing to do in today's world of deep state corruption and criminality. But what the whistleblower is looking at in front of him on a daily basis was not just faceless numbers and statistics. He was looking at enormous lists of names in certain places and certain times, names of people who are not here anymore, names of real people with real families, human lives, not numbers. It was just too much for him. He says that there are just two words for why he had to come forward. Never again. Further down the page here, it says, as horrendous as this is, the most devastating point that the people of New Zealand need to understand is that the enormous number of deaths were not due to a very unfortunate and unforeseen outcome of a well-intentioned government health strategy. No, these deaths were the result of willful complicity and mass murder. These are very difficult words for people to hear, but the evidence is unfortunately incontrovertible. The New Zealand government had full foreknowledge of what the outcome would be of the COVID-19 vaccine. They had all the information and the data well in advance of their mass nationwide rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. They had clear evidence showing them exactly what would happen if they went ahead. 
They knew that the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine would cause huge numbers of injury and death. They were also advised, and that's why they went went for the, um, <laughs> that's why they didn't have to be vaccinated. A lot of those shots they were getting, they were just blooming saline. You can guarantee it. There's no way they would have. And there was, we know now through Liz Gunn, not Liz Gunn, through Liz Lambert, the lawyer from Auckland, we know that there was over 11,000 people that put in for um, exemptions and just in health alone. And so, yeah, they're out. So certain people obviously decided they they didn't want to get killed. They had clear evidence showing them exactly what would happen if they did go ahead. They knew that the COVID Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine would cause huge numbers of death and injury. They also were advised by both the New Zealand Justice Department and New Zealand MedSafe that their proposed vaccine mandates would not be legally justified. They went ahead anyway. They signed their contract with Pfizer. They trumped up COVID, uh, trumpeted the COVID-19 vaccine to the whole country as safe and effective. Oh, I've never let them forget that. Safe and effective, they said, and that, which is what Fauci said. And that was what he said 30 years ago when he killed hundreds of thousands of homosexual men with AZT. Safe and effective, they said. And then they forced it onto the population through their illegitimate, brutal mandates that deliberately split New Zealand society into two medical Apart into, through a medical apartheid, uh, they split it in two. Through an official information act uh, request from a doctor in New Zealand, there is confirmation in writing from the New Zealand MedSafe that they had possession of the initial Pfizer safety data from Pfizer for the Pfizer COVID nineteen vaccine in mid two thousand and twenty one. That's June. Then initially, Pfizer data showed absolutely devastating outcomes in terms of numbers of serious injury and fatalities. That data was so bad that the FDA, that's the Food and Drug Agency in the United States, who had given the official authorization for the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, attempted to have it legally concealed from the public for 75 years. Yet, uh, despite having this horrific data, safety data, the New Zealand government not only told the New Zealand public that COVID-19 vaccine was absolutely safe and effective, but they went ahead with the mandates and vaccine passports to effectively force the vaccine onto as many of the New Zealand population as possible. Who was behind this? Who was, who was telling them to do this? All done with the full knowledge of what the deadly impact would be. They've got no excuse. They all need to be handcuffed, brought back to New Zealand. Ardern and Hipkins and, and Ashley Bloomfield is over with the World Health Organization. They need to be handcuffed and brought back to New Zealand to stood a criminal trial. Now, as part of this process, this is getting back to the story, as part of the process, the New Zealand government signed a contract with Pfizer for the provision and distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine in New Zealand. We know that in the same contract that Pfizer signed with the South African government, now has now been made public, that Pfizer clearly stated that they would not confirm the long-term safety and effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccine, and therefore they required to be legally indemnified against all liability for any injury or death from this vaccine. It is almost certain that the exact same statement was in Pfizer's contract with the New Zealand government, and yet the mantra of safe and effective was pumped out day after day from the government's single source of truth. Quite incredibly, the government's safe and effective message is still being vigorously pushed out across the country, even now, even today. Even with all the deadly evidence of the contra- to the contrary, cl- um, 
clear for people to see, it would seem they simply don't care. In addition to this, during the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine, the New Zealand government and associated agencies actively prevented New Zealand doctors and health practitioners across the country from raising their very valid concerns about the safety of the COVID-19 vaccine to their patients in order for them to be able to fulfil their Hippocratic Oath of informed consent and do no harm. Any doctors or health practitioners who attempted to raise concerns or ask questions about the safety of the vaccine were threatened with loss of medical license and or loss of job. And I know people that have. I know doctors that aren't working now because of this. In some cases, those threats were implemented. They certainly were. Uh, The climate of fear was deliberately created for doctors and health practitioners across New Zealand to prevent any pushback against the mass rollout of the vaccine. This led to the formation of the organisation known as New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out With Science, NZNDSOS, NZDSOS, go to .com, not .com. NZ.co.nz is a a fake one, basically probably just financed by the government, by the last government anyway, or whoever's still running it, because I I believe that the people that are really running it are actually in the government departments. They run our country. Politicians are just actors. Uh, This new evidence with the whistleblower also shows a disturbing pattern of basic medical ethics and medical processes being abandoned with vaccine clinics pushing through patients like a McDonald's drive through in a dash for cash. $350 we hear. $350 a shot. And that's what Barry Young was organising. The payment for the vaccinators. The payment for the doctors for talking. They were basically selling this deadly, deadly virus. Not all of them were deadly, obviously, but we don't know the long-term side effects. Some of them probably get you later on in life. So this new evidence from the whistleblower also shows disturbing pattern. Oh, we got that. Uh, and it says here just a bit of a bit Also, informed consent is one of the most important aspects of the Hippocratic Oath. And also, do no harm. Uh, this, uh, With this data showing patients being rushed through vaccine clinics at rates of sometimes 30 people an hour, uh, where... Uh, the, the conversations for each patient, where were they? they? There was none. Outlining the risks and the personal medical history uh, that could uh, make a person more at risk from the vaccine. Uh, I mean, people that were even injured and end up in hospital, they still said, no, you need to have your second shot or you can't go back to work. And I know a 14-year-old uh, that she was injured straight away. We had to go to hospital, had a heart rate of almost 200 beats per minute. They, and the, the staff, they said, oh, gosh, you can't have another one. It happened the, you know, almost straight away. The next day, the father rushed her off to the clinic. They said, no, you've got to get to hospital. So we went to hospital. And the, the people there that they, they were dealing with her, they said, definitely don't take any more vaccines. And then within half an hour, the heads from the hospital at, this was Huangarei Hospital, actually, they came down and they said, oh, no. And they, the parents were under no illusion that the hospital didn't want uh, them talking about this to anyone else. Just think on that. These people are all culpable. They all need to be standing trial at a Nuremberg too. Of course they do. Absolutely. Now, I'll just carry on and uh, finish this story off here. And so with this data showing patients being rushed through vaccine clinics at a rate of sometimes 30 people an hour, I think I've re- read that already. Um, just looking for another. Uh, when these people were rolling up their sleeves, they were being informed, uh, sorry, were they being informed that the official uh, Pfizer safety data had lists of adverse reactions covering nine pages and that there were 1,223 deaths from the initial trials 
This is information that New Zealand government had months, they had it months before the vaccine rollout began. This is not negligence, this is criminal. As well as the evidence of tens of thousands of deaths that this new whistleblower's evidence is now showing us, there is also much additional evidence of the huge scale of injury and death caused in New Zealand. We have confirmation through Stats New Zealand of an enormous increase in excess death, it's something like 20%. Beginning from the time the vaccine campaign began, uh, we also we also have a huge and historical unprecedented number of serious vaccine injuries registered on the New Zealand MedSafe database, which they've stopped publishing. They did that in November last year. They stopped publishing it. Oh, and we have extremely alarming evidence um, brought forward from multiple funeral directors in New Zealand in relation to the number of deaths and causes of deaths and horrific symptoms being seen in many of those deaths. It is not only a huge number of deaths that we are now we now know about, the massive number of serious and life-changing injuries is also difficult to comprehend. As a minimum, it is in the hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders and they've got a, um, a, a map here that I'm looking at over at freenz.substack.com and it just shows you the main centres of where most of the deaths happen. 20 of the worst sites is what I'm looking at for excess deaths. A total of 1,391 sites of significance, uh, that is clusters of three or more equals 474 Okay, we now can see that why our hospital emergency services and funeral directors, directors across the country have been beyond bursting point for the last two years. In February 2022, the New Zealand public stood up against this crime against humanity with the largest public protest in New Zealand history, with 18,000 people camped in their tents and cars in front of the New Zealand Parliament. All 120 sitting MPs signed a joint agreement that no MP would engage with or speak with those protesters. Instead, the protesters were labelled by the government as a river of filth and demonised by the mainstream media, both because they wanted to keep their job. Both the New Zealand Bill of Rights 1990 and the 1947 Nuremberg Code make it a crime to force or coerce a medical procedure onto a person in this country. Not only were the people of New Zealand forced or coerced into taking this experimental medicine, this medical procedure, but the New Zealand government knew full well that this particular medical procedure had deadly and horrific outcomes on a very large scale. The New Zealand government went to great lengths to make sure that the people of New Zealand were not able to be made aware of that known danger. And they went to even greater lengths to force as many of the New Zealand public as possible to take it, while at the same time they made themselves exempt from having to take it. And that's what all those exemptions were, those 11,000 that came out. And it doesn't seem possible that this could have happened in this country, the country that I grew up in. This is New Zealand's darkest hour. But we have to face up to it together with strength and unity, which has always been the bedrock of our country. New Zealand was brutally and intentionally split apart through medical apartheid and medical tyranny. New Zealand now must come together as Kiwis united around what we now know. We're all victims of this, this mass killing by the New Zealand government and others was willful. It wasn't an unfortunate accident. Two shots for summer, they said. 
That was the, the shot that they will be heard around the world. The enormity of the crime against the people of New Zealand cannot be overstated. It was a massacre, a massacre. And that was written by Kiwi for Justice and sent to Liz Gunn, and she has posted it on her freenz.substack.com. We've made a dreadful mistake, folks. We've made a dreadful mistake. We've voted in another lot of globalists. We should have voted for New Zealand Loyal. That was the right decision. That was the that would have got us out of this mess. We would have been on the road to recovery. We would have been. But instead, um, we've just failed our IQ test, haven't we? And we've got more rubbish that has come in. These people, this is what makes me so angry. And this is why, really, if I didn't do, if I didn't do my farm work during the day, I, you know, you just about go potty. Oh, look, six ducks, beautiful ducks. Duck shooting season's only four weeks ago. <laughs> four weeks to go. Four months, rather, to go. We've got ponds everywhere here. I can't wait. Can't wait to shoot a duck. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so um, if it wasn't for this farm, um, I'd go potty, I reckon. Well, probably not. <laughs> but it would be a lot. It's a lot easier because I'm, I'm out in the wops here and, and I just can forget about it, really. And just I don't think about the stuff when I'm working. Um, and then I come and read the newspaper and it just makes me angry. You know, when I read a story like that, that stupid woman from what they call Tewata Aura, New Zealand Health, um, the last... Uh, word here, Arpia said that it had successfully requested that information be taken down from various websites and internet platforms, including internationally. So they're trying to hide it from us, folks. That's what this is all about. And they're trying to say that it's a crime, that you know it's a breach of trust, um, but he's a whistleblower. He's unearthed. He's shown that the government has willfully been murdering and injuring New Zealanders, they knew about it, they knew the dangers, and they went ahead anyway. They got their exemptions, so they didn't have to, and they went ahead and did it anyway. Who's behind these people? I mean, this is, this is wickedness. And if there's good people in there standing by and doing nothing, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you, Winston. You're a despicable human being. All of you are. This should be the number one priority for you. Number one is to stop the vaccine rollout. It's still going on. Barry Young, who's 56 years old, he has appeared in court in relation to the initial breach, pleading not guilty. And I think his trial comes up February, I think it is. He's got a good lawyer, Matthew Haig. Um, he felt Matthew seemed, not Matthew, um, Barry Young seemed very confident um, when Counterspin Media, they did a video, a couple of videos, and they did one, Calvin was interviewing him and others. And he seemed very confident. I hope he's not overconfident because these bastards, they're not going to go down without a fight. And we're not dealing with just a few people in the government. We're dealing with a cabal. We're dealing with a worldwide, an international um, crime group. And our government's hooked up on it. We're part of it. We're the guinea pig country. Barry Smith used to say we are the guinea pig country here in New Zealand. Now, time is 22 minutes to, isn't it? 20, roughly 22 minutes to 8. We'll have some more news at 8 o'clock. And uh, well, I might play another country song because uh, I feel like it. How about that? How about we do that? We're not really, we're not doing a recording at the moment, so it's just you and me. <laughs> so what shall we do? Nothing's going out, I don't think. I don't even think we're on air, are we? Are we? Oh, well, we are. 
Oh yeah, been on air for forty-five minutes. So we yeah on and off all morning, hasn't it? Terrible. Um, now let's let's listen to this, and then we shall um, play a play a nice country song. So while this is playing, I will find something that I think you might like. Does the Bible actually say the Earth is six thousand years old? It wouldn't be very helpful if it did, because if it said it was six thousand years old when it was written two thousand years ago, it would be out of date now, wouldn't it? So. How does the Bible give us the time frame? Uh, it actually gives us these genealogies in Genesis chapter 5, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and that gives you a time frame from creation of the flood, 1,656 years. And then in Genesis chapter 11, you have the chronology from the flood to Abraham, and then we know Abraham is about 2,000 BC, so we know that it's about 6,000 years before now. But the Bible doesn't say 6,000 years because it would be out of date if it did. Certainly would. 21 minutes to 8, TNT Radio News at 8. This is um, Keith Urban. I think you'll like Keith, born here in New Zealand, went over to Australia, and now he's in Nashville, Tennessee, putting out hit after hit. Well, here you come again, and you're looking so fine. You don't notice me, but it's all right. I'm just a guy who wishes that I could be a man someday. Uh-oh. Yeah, picture paints a thousand words, it's true, but it's still not enough for how I feel about you. I wanna put you in a melody. I gotta set you to a groove. I wanna put you in my car and drive and turn you up I'll just write it from my heart Cause I gotta tell the world what you mean to me Wrap you up in a melody so you'll be stuck in my head all day Cause you're ready there anyway Yes you are Every night I drive you home If I can put you in a 
Keith Urban, 17 minutes to 8, TNT Radio News at 8. You're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. And, uh, yeah, internet's been on and off all morning. Oh, boy. Anyway, well, let's have a look at the Herald. And uh, we've got some news stories that have just come through here. ANZ cuts mortgage and deposit rates. In business, Richard Preble, he was a former finance. Was he finance? No, I don't think he was finance. He was in the government, the 1984 government of David Longy, uh, Richard Preble, he says regulation shake-up needs to fix inter-island, it's needed to fix the inter-island ferry cost blowout. It certainly does, and that'll happen, I suppose, with the new government. The last ones were a bunch of half-wits, really. They just basically just were working for the globalists. Um, I don't know, their job Their job was to destroy the economy, to make us reliant uh, upon the World Bank, I suppose. Strong, resilient, beautiful. Teenage mum gets a charity funding boost. Good on her. Uh, won't click on it because I just don't know how fast it's going to be now. We've got Jacinda Ardern's legacy, Barry Soper, Audrey Young, on how the former Prime Minister will be remembered. She'll be remembered as a bloody murderer, if you ask me. Uh, Ardern quit politics in January because she knew what was coming <laughs> in a surprise um, pre-election move. And uh, what have we got here? Retailers are gearing up for the last-minute Christmas rush, uh, but consumers remain under pressure from the higher cost of living. They certainly do. And uh, what else have I got here? Some other news for you. Foreign Minister Mark II, Winston Peters, surrounded by old work family. What does that mean, old work family? I'd better have a look at that. Um, he's got a few people there. And uh, gosh, lots of photos and no wording. Oh, no, they want me to pay for it. This is over at New Zealand Herald. No, we're not paying. We don't pay. <laughs> um, Auckland Transport plans to spend up to $300,000 on a pedestrian crossing in Blockhouse Bay. Why would it take that long I'll paint it for less than that oh no it's another one you've got to pay for I'm not doing that that's the only trouble with the Herald um, they must a lot of people mustn't even be bothered reading about their stuff because I don't think their, their news is any you know, they've all got everyone gets the same news man's legal action against his ex-wife oh yeah we already know about that the guy, it was a $45,000 ring what a half foot spending $45,000 on a woman don't you do your research and realise how long marriages last for <laughs> <laughs> Seven years, today's woman. They boot you out. They take the house and the kids, and the government helps them. That's what happens. That's the way it is. That's why a lot of young men don't want to be involved in it. And I guess that's all part of destroying the family, really. That's all part of the demonic communist uh, plot to um, destroy the family and uh, make the state the family, the new family. Uh, news just in from Australia. We're over at abcnet.org. AU now, Australia Post is to pay out millions of dollars in compensation to businesses over lost or damaged parcels a year. Because you hire too many Indians. <laughs> you can just see it. Never used to have anything go missing in the old days. You could send you could send a thousand bucks in cash in an envelope and you know it would get there. Not so today. I wouldn't even send fifty dollars in an envelope today. Because we've got all these immigrants that are, you know, they don't have the same morals that we have. Uh, more than 10,000 businesses will be liable or rather able to claim compensation after Australia Post realised it had incorrectly knocked back applications after a chance 
uh, rather a change to consumer protection laws. Aussie, now here's another story. Aussie quick smash record in frantic IPL auction. Uh, this is the uh, Australia captain Pat Cummins smashes the Indian premier. It is auction, not action. Uh, Indian Premier League auction. They had an auction bidding going to a record or going for a record price for Mitchell's what they call it. He calls a Stark Tops. That Mitchell Stark. Is that the name of the guy? I don't know. I don't follow f- sport. I've got time. I'm busy working. And you tell me. I need Matt to tell me what, what that's all about. Uh, maybe I should just read it properly. Uh, more than 10,000 businesses will be. Oh no, that's conversation. Go down a bit. Australia captain Pat Cummins smashes the Indian Premier League auction bidding, going for a record price before Mitchell Stark tops that. What does that mean? Google had to pay $1 billion in settlement of pay store antitrust suit in terms of the suit filed by the by 50 US states. They were kept confidential ahead of Google's related trial with Fort, uh, it's called Fortnite, that was the, the maker of Epic Games. Okay, and also a Perth the karate instructor has been jailed for sexually abusing a teenage student. Say no more. Uh, don't abandon hope for a two-state solution between Israel and Pakistan. <laughs> Palestine. Premier, this is what the Prime Minister said. You idiot. You know, you're just parroting stuff that you're told to say. And the reason why that all these countries from all over the world are sort of chipping in on Israel is because it's all it's all getting you used to the idea of a world government, where all these different leaders are uh, and interfering in other nation states' business. Uh, Israel know how to deal with the Arab problem in Gaza. They know how to deal with it better than even the Americans, better than anyone. And the Israelis don't even realise it, but they have God on their side. Even though they're still in their unbelief, they still don't accept their Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, who's coming back. But they will eventually. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel 36, not 37, the dry bones one, but 36. It says that he scattered them out through the land. They used his name as a swear word. These are the Jews right throughout Europe. They just scattered them all over the world. They, they used his name, his holy name, the Lord Jesus Christ. They used it as a swear word, as many people do today still. And then God said, I'm bringing, them, I'm bringing you back into the land. And now he's bringing them back in their unbelief. And then he's going to put a new heart in them. But that won't happen. Probably won't happen until uh, probably during the tribulation period when God specifically starts dealing with Israel. The Antichrist is revealed. The false prophet is revealed. And um, the church is gone. The, um, the people that are living in this age of grace from when Jesus uh, was here until um, the rapture. A rapture, just a Latin word, it just simply means the catching away of the saints. You find it in First Thessalonians chapter 4. You can read it for yourself. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to others. Don't listen to the cults because they don't even believe it's going to happen. I don't know how they can. They can't read words on the page. Don't make any, any, they don't sort of like, they don't even use the Bible. They have walk. They might say, oh, well, the Bible says, you know, but really they don't believe the words on the page. They, they, uh, they listen to what Ellen G. White and other people tell them the Bible says, and that's wrong. The Bible says you need not that any man teach you that you can actually figure it out for yourself. You don't need these halfwits. But anyway, they don't believe it. And uh, but Jesus will. He is their Messiah. They don't realize it yet. Isaiah fifty-three. For any Jew listening, Isaiah fifty-three is about your Messiah. Psalms twenty-two is what your Messiah was thinking on the cross. Psalms twenty-two. Find that by opening your book in the middle and go to 
Psalms 22. Just read that whole account. That's what he was thinking on the cross. And then you can, and it was written a thousand years before that Jesus even came. Isaiah 53 was written 700 years before Jesus came to the earth. That's why Jesus said, before Abraham was, this is what he said to these religious, uh, Jewish religious leaders when he was here 2,000 years ago. He said, before Abraham was, I am. He said, Abraham would rejoice to see my day. And they said, you blaspheme. And they picked up stones to throw at him, but he managed to just dissipate somehow. Just got away from them because his time wasn't yet ready. He had to be crucified. His blood had to be shed. He had to be beaten, just as it said in the Bible, just as it was foretold in Isaiah 53 and other places. And Psalms 22 tells you what he was thinking on the cross. He had to cry out those words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was it was preordained. It was written that he had to. So God himself became one of us, fully God, fully man, and laid down his life for us. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. Okay, uh, there we are. Now, let's have a look at some more Aussie news, because we do have a lot of Aussies. Um, the world's largest sandalwood producer winds up 30% of plantation of their plantations after review finds them unviable. Sandalwood giant Quintus has taken action on its plantations. That's what you've got to do. Just wind them up. It's not working. That's what you do. Uh, and, the, and it faces uh, in the face of millions of dollars in losses. So that's what they do. You can't just carry on running at a loss. You've got to, you've got to cut the leg off. If you've got gangrene in your arm, you've got to cut it off. Cut the arm off to save the rest of the body. Okay, uh, head of the 50th Sydney Hobart, Lindsay Mayo. That's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, um, boat that I used to have, Woolly Jumper. That was in the Sydney Hobart. I think it did one Sydney Hobart. Don't know how well it went. It was a 50-foot Ron Holland. Ron Holland, I wrote to him. I said, it's a beautiful boat, mate. I sent him a picture of it. And it was all completely redone. It was very different from when it was first built back in the, the 90s, I think. But it was completely redone. When would that have done? 2000 and... When did I get hold of it? 2000 and... I think it was done in 2004. 2003, 2004. A complete refit. Oh, really amazing work done on it. And um, just beautiful. Like the guys did a, a really good job. And um, I, I wrote to him and said, this boat's fantastic. We just love sailing it. I might put a picture of it, actually. I might put it up on Liberty NZ. I'll do that. Woolly Jumper, I'll put it up there. But some other half-wit's got it now. He got it for a song from me. I paid a lot for it. I spent, I think I paid 350000 for it. And he ended up, gosh, I think I spent about eighty or not, oh, probably a hundred grand on it, just keeping it maintained. And when I sold my publishing business, my brother and I um, had a publishing business together. When we sold that... Uh, in 2005, um, couldn't um, couldn't you couldn't afford to maintain a boat like that unless you had a business, and um, so we did. We I got rid of it and I sold it to this guy, and and they, they went and smashed it up on a reef or something, and couldn't even sit on its own keel. So that was a bit disappointing. So you wouldn't buy it now. I don't think it'd be worth very much nowadays. Um, what else? I had something else on my mind. I was going to share with you. Don't know. Seven minutes to eight. Two, by the way. Seven minutes to eight. Um, yeah, the Sydney Hobart's coming up. That'll be fun to watch. I love watching that. Love. I love yachting. Don't know if I'm that keen on the new yachting. You know that crash helmet stuff. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it's fun for people that aren't yachties to watch. I suppose this catamaran stuff. You know, and the foiling. I don't know. It's not really. It's not really cricket, is it? You know. I don't know. I, I just love. I love cruising. 
I like I love that. I like those old boats, you know, those ones with the the three quarter keel and the long keel, where you can actually heave two on them. It's a lot easier. You can heave apparently, according to the parties, you can actually heave two on any vessel, even if it's got a spade rudder and you know just a dagger board. You can heave two on it, but it's very difficult. Um, the the one that I the boat that I had was a, a thirty six foot mariner, um, and that. Seb and I, when Seb was quite young, we we managed to get that to heave two out in some. Oh, it was probably only thirty knots. A spin. Not wasn't that windy, but it was quite good. Quite a good sort of set of swells coming in, and we we decided should we should we just set, um, heave two and see how see how we go, and we did, and it was just like parking the boat. It was marvellous, and all of a sudden, all that you know choppiness just went, and it was just like as I said, parking the boat. And then we went downstairs, and what did we do? We cooked up some baked beans, kept an eye out to make sure, and we just thought, isn't this cool? And so I wanted to get him to get the idea is that when it's really bad, you don't go running with it. Most people run with the storm, and then what happens is a big wave. You'll get a you'll get one that'll poop you. It'll come into the back of the cockpit. You don't want the back of the boat facing the sea, because the boat's not designed. The strongest part of the boat is on the shoulder, not on the quarter. So you don't want to be quartering it, you know. I mean, if you're racing, it's different. You've got a big crew, but when you're on your own cruising, it's probably just maybe one or two people or three people, maybe four if you're lucky. Uh, but you don't sort of want to be running, you know, in a big storm. And it's pretty scary to turn around into the waves, but you don't turn 100% around because if you do, you'll just be crashing. You'll just slam, the boat will just slam. So you've got to be on a bit of a 45. And what you want is you want to create a slick and um, you want to be just sliding sideways not going forward and not going backwards. You want to be sliding sideways. And what it does is on the on the, uh, on the windward side, what happens now? The wind is blowing. Yeah, and so what happens is that the water just gets stilled by the keel on the, on the windward side. Um, yeah, I've forgotten all my terms. Lured. Leash or, yeah. Anyway, so that's what happens. So you don't want to be sailing forward because then you sail out of your slick. And so the keel actually just calms the water. It's amazing. And you can just park the boat and go and have a rest. And that that has saved many. These are the old tactics, which a lot of people, they go out sailing, oh, I'm going to go sailing around the world. And they don't even consider storm tactics. They think, oh, we'll just reef it down and we'll just run with it. You you don't want to be running with big, big waves, big 10, 15 metre waves, you know, that are breaking on the top. You're just going to get rolled over. And that's what happens usually. They, they get rolled over. The mast breaks. People die. And then another problem is that people get into the life raft <laughs> while the boat's bobbing along, you know, doing quite well. They'll hop into a life raft and they're worse off in a life raft. Quite often people are lost at sea and the boat's found perfectly fine. So you always stay with a ship, a bit like a marriage. <laughs> when you're in a storm, a stormy marriage, stay with it, especially if you've got kids. Stick with the marriage because you'll come through at the end and you'll love each other even more. So many people, older people that got on so badly that I've known, um, over the years, uh, they stayed with it, which is what you did in the old days, and they ended up having very fulfilling um, relation marriages, you know, because a marriage is not a partnership. A marriage is different to that. I'll go into it one day. Three minutes to eight o'clock. Um, that's going to be my lot till tomorrow morning. So yeah, we had a, a funny old day with internet, didn't we? It was sort of coming and going all morning. We've been streaming now solidly for an hour, haven't lost anything. So that's good. But yeah, it was on and off all morning. And that's why 
uh, things weren't so good. Uh, let's go back to Radio New Zealand and I'll just um, have a look there and see if there's anything new that's come through that I might want to tell you about. It doesn't look to be anything new. Temperatures creep towards heat alert levels, apparently. That's all part of um, climate change. They're trying to scare us that it's part of climate change, which it's not. It's just weather. Um, parts of the country are expecting to get uh, into the 30s today. And I think that was what Philip Duncan said, that it would be up around the 30s um, today. And also, yeah, probably not so much tomorrow. It was actually yesterday and today. So it's going to be very hot today. Christmas forecast is looking dreary, though. Not so good, apparently, for the country. Uh, and we read about that story, didn't we? The man that he lost his legal bid to reclaim a $45,000 engagement ring after they split. Um he was unsuccessful. I mean, it probably cost him more than $45,000 to get the ring back, but it could be sentimental. I don't know. Let's have a look. Maybe it, maybe it's sentimental value, and that's why he went to court. You wouldn't really bother. Uh, four months later, the relationship fell apart, and the man attempted to take the woman to court to either get the ring back or the amount he claimed it cost him. It doesn't say anything about it being... Um, Katie River, she's in her 20s, and he's an old geezer. He's 40, so he's twice twice her age, a pedophile. <laughs> she moved him to his home, and they attempted to start a family together. What, before you got married? Were they married? They didn't even get married. They said, a man was unsuccessfully attempted to sue his ex-fiancé. The only fiancé shouldn't even got married. Gone and lived together. You don't live together until you get married. That's You walk across the threshold um, the couple were together for several years before the um, probably shacked, shacked up uh, before the man proposed with a three stone diamond ring in a platinum setting. However, four months later, the relationship fell apart after seven years. Got the itch, and the man attempted to take the woman to court to either get his ring back or the amount he claimed it cost him to buy. In a family court, why would it be in a family court? They haven't got a family, have they? Uh, in October, released today, Judge Andrea Manuel declined the man's application for a court order for the return of the ring. According to the judgment, the couple began a de facto relationship during, there's your problem, during the first COVID-19 lockdown in 2020. At the time, Katie River, a lot of people were sort of forced into those relationships uh, during covid she was in her late 20s. Oh, late 20s. Okay, not not so bad. Only 10 years older. And then Steve Lambert, he was 40. So that's uh, 20, 12 years old or something. Lambert was the managing director of a company. And in uh, comparison to River, had substantial wealth. Oh, there you go. She's a gold digger. Uh, she moved into his house and they attempted to start a family. Why would you do that before you got married? Uh, just as well, they didn't have a family. Um, scheduling appointments at a fertility clinic. Oh, you th- look, I'm going to stop it right there. People talk about f- fertility as if that's wonderful, but do you know that it's actually murder, fertility? Um, it is uh, definitely not good. Uh, now, where have I got it? I've got it hiding here somewhere. Uh, let me, I'll just find it. You'll be, you'll be right. I'll be, mm, let me play something else and I'll be right back, okay? We find right across the Phanerozoic. The Phanerozoic is the part of the geologic column which has fossils in it. Okay. Right? That's supposed to be 541 million years time frame. This is what they, the time frame they put on it. But you find that right across that spectrum, you find fossils with carbon-14 in them. Inside 
the layer of rock, which is meant to be 500 yeah, million Yeah, right, years. right through. From the current right through to 540. Right? There's stuff all the way through which wow. has carbon-14 in it, like coal and marble and wood and all sorts of things, shells and things. They have carbon-14 and then right through the whole Phanerozoic. None of these things that are dated as millions of years or even hundreds of millions of years old, none of them should have any carbon-14, but they've all got a similar amount of carbon-14 even. And that's consistent with all that stuff being buried during Noah's flood. To take stronger measures against anti-Semitic expressions during their events. Police have requested organizers to ensure their stewards intervene promptly in cases of racist behavior among participants. Assistant Commissioner Matt Twist stressed the need for organizers to clearly communicate and enforce expected behavioral standards at the rallies. He acknowledged some existing efforts on social media, but urged organizers to be more proactive in denouncing unacceptable and potentially illegal actions. Twist recognized that most participants in these demonstrations are law-abiding and peaceful. However, he noted recurring issues, including hate crimes, support for banned organizations, and instances of intimidation. Chinese health officials have acknowledged the presence of a new COVID-19 variant, JN1, in the country. Following earlier denials to the World Health Organization about the existence of any new pathogen causing a surge in pneumonia cases. This admission, detailed in the Q&A released by the National Disease Control and Prevention Administration on December 15th, comes despite previous assurances to the WHO on November 23rd that there were no new or unusual pathogens spreading in China. The JN1 variant was first identified in November, and by December 10th, seven local cases have been reported in China. Contradicting the government's initial statements, reports from Chinese media outlets like Economic Observer and The Paper indicate the cases of the JN1 variant have been detected in Shanghai as early as October 11th. The Chinese Communist Party's response to the WHO's inquiry about the unusual pneumonia outbreak, particularly among children in cases resembling severe COVID-19 white lung syndrome, had initially claimed no new pathogens or abnormal clinical manifestations were found across various regions. Henry Bryant has become the first baby in Australia born from a uterus transplant. His mother, Kirsty Bryant, underwent a hysterectomy after a severe complication following the birth of her first child, leaving her unable to conceive naturally. Despite this challenge, Ms. Bryant remained determined to have another child. She joined a pioneering research trial funded by the Royal Hospital for Women Foundation, led by Associate Professor and Gynecologist Rebecca Deans of the Royal Hospital for Women and UNSW Sydney. In this trial, Kirsty Bryant received a uterus transplant from her own mother, Michelle. The successful procedure enabled Ms. Bryant to conceive, and she gave birth to Henry Bryant on December 15th through a caesarean section with Henry weighing a healthy 2.9 kilograms. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thank you very much, James. You're a great guy, and you are a nice person as well. I can just hear in your voice you're just a nice person, and I can tell because I know voices. I'm good with accents. Now let's go straight to the weather because um, today's turn to custard, hasn't it, really? It's been an absolute shambles of a morning with the Internet going on and off. Uh, I'll just do a very quick refresh. hope it's still working at this hour, which is, I think I just told you anyway. So temperatures right across the country are all up in the double digits. Nobody's under... Uh, even Tianao, which is the lowest temperature, 12.2 degrees. Napier is the highest, 21 degrees already in Napier. Short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Waikato. Um, the Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, also for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Mostly fine today with isolated light showers in Northland. 
Auckland and Waikato, just isolated and not in isolated areas. Uh, Waitomo and Wellington, also for the central high country and Wairarapa, cloudy periods but long fine spells this afternoon. For Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, fine apart from areas of morning and low cloud. Uh, morning low cloud. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very hot day inland Canterbury though. For Otago and Southland, partly cloudy. Uh, you've got scattered rain. For Buller, Westland and Fiordland, sorry about that. Um, Otago and Southland. Uh, yes, Westland, Fiordland. You've got clouds, cloud gradually increasing, rain in Fiordland spreading to south, southwestland this afternoon. And finally, for the Chatham Islands, cloud increasing with drizzle possibly this evening. Thank you very much for having me today. Sorry that today's programs have been a bit unorganised. Haven't been able to do much preparation. Couldn't really bring you much at all, really. Just a bit of nonsense news. Um, just uh, really incenses me that rubbish about um, the Ministry of Health. Uh, what they're doing with Barry Young. I hope he comes out of it right, uh, but I can't see it, actually. Um, I have to say that I think even if you um, have the best lawyers in the world, you're not going to win against the deep state. And uh, that's what we've got running our country. We have a, a, a wicked, evil cabal that has world domination on their hands. And, you know, us Christians, we know that this is the way it's going. And yes, we should resist them. Definitely should. I'm not one of those Christians that says don't resist. Just you know, don't don't worry about it. No, no, we should resist. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. It's referring to other things actually, probably um, temptation, probably more. But I think that you can use it. You must resist. Uh, it's a wicked thing, and you know, good people have got to stand up. And it's we are very, we really are passionless, passionless people. Gordon McLaughlin said that in his book. He the, even wrote a book called The Passionless People, and other people have mentioned it. The first time I heard about it was through John Ansell. Um, wonderful man he is. He's a um, um, sort of award-winning uh, advertising guru. He's worked for all the top agencies, and he's worked for himself. And he's pretty, pretty much retired now, but he's still very busy trying to save our country, uh, working with good people like Liz Gunn and others to save our country. It's really disheartening for me to see people running him down and um you know saying that he's too he's too hard he's too but he's not he's way ahead of his time and i who wasn't now rodney hyde said you're way ahead of your time he actually said that to john pretty sure it was rodney and uh, rodney i admire rodney um i don't admire you winston i think you're a despicable human being and you've you could really do so much so obviously you're so controlled that you can't do what's right. You just have to go, you have to do what your masters tell you, don't you? Yeah, it's becoming patently obvious now that you are controlled. Nine minutes past eight, thanks for having me. I will see you, Lord willing, tomorrow morning at five o'clock. Be there or be square. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. So hang on, they've got three samples from the same rock. Same rock. But they're giving it such different dates. That's right. That's exactly right. But, you know, what happens is that uh, in, in radioactive dating, they, they do the analysis and it's quite an ex, uh, complicated, exact analysis to get an exact calculation. Mm -hmm. And then when they get an answer, nobody believes the answer. 
unless it fits with what they think it should be. So every date has got an interpretation, they call it, connected with it, uh, to explain why it is what it is. So in the case of 